weiß Bescheid. Welcome to the most forward-thinking, inspirational podcast on the planet. Prepare to reevaluate everything you've been taught. Um, simply because things are changing. Uh, there's a lot going on in this world, in this reality, in this realm. There's a lot going on in my world, in my reality, in my realm. Things I want to do, things I don't want to do. Um, things I want to talk about, things I don't want to talk about. Uh, and I'm just basically, it's like I've entered a new room and I'm feeling the energy. So I'm having a lot of fun doing some solos. Um, but today, uh, I have I have this friend. Uh, I have this friend. And some of you have known him. He's been on the show. His name is Randy Spencer. And Randy... I know you're listening, brother, um, is absolutely in love with this TikToker. Uh, I don't necessarily follow the TikTok. I don't have it. I like it. I appreciate it. But if I get stuck on TikTok, that's it. I'm, it's over for me. So I stay away from it. But Randy is Randy's doing the hunting for me. So Randy Spencer, uh, this episode is all because of you. But what he had done was introduce me to this uh, I don't even know. I don't know how to ex explain who she is. You'll have to check her out at the end of the show. Um, fascinating that she puts herself out there, that she puts this energy on. Her name is Jennifer Carmody. She's known on TikTok as JK Ultra, uh, and she is on fire right now. Jennifer, welcome to the show. Hi, I'm glad to be here. And thanks to Randy. Yeah, there you go. See, Randy, I said, you know, we'll probably get a shout out for you. So Randy, you know, She's going to send you some love right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you said that you were not, um, you're, you're, you're with, withstanding from, from TikTok. I'm That's off how TikTok. I felt. Yeah. That's how I felt originally. Uh, I didn't want to get on TikTok. And then one day me and my friends thought it would be like a funny challenge if we all made TikToks. Okay. And then I ended up blowing up from there. So um, I really thought that I would never, I was so anti-TikTok. Everyone was like, you need to get one. I'm like, what am I going to do on there? Like, seriously. Well, I think the options are shake your ass. Which uh, I think that's kind of been phased out. I don't know if people still do that. Or maybe it's just, I don't see it on my algorithm anymore. Oh, it's still there. It's the first thing. <laughs> because I don't have an account. Uh, well, I do have an account, but only on one phone that sort of sits back there. Uh, whenever I open the TikTok, it's usually on the web or it's usually something else. So the algorithm immediately jams ass shaking down my throat, which annoys me. It, it has to decide whether that's the path it wants to take with you. They're like, let's just get it out of the way mm -hmm. right from the beginning. Yeah. Are you going to hit like or are you going to scroll? And then we'll be past this. It's true. And and how dare they assume, you know, uh, the asses I want to see shaken. I mean, how dare they, Dan TikTok? Um, <laughs> I think one of the problems that I had with TikTok initially uh, was that I understood the algorithm was created to reward ass shaking. And so North it's kind America, of like the, uh, the algorithm of real, the algorithm of real life. 
Well, it's true. Yeah. You shake your ass, people are going to look. Um, but in, in, in China, the Chinese kids, the algorithm rewards, um, rewards talent, rewards building, rewards science, rewards doing something. And this is what I've heard. So in China, if you're going to be like a biochemist or if you're going to, if you're going to mix something and do something sciencey, the algo is going to hit you up big time. Right. But in the rest of the world, if you shake your ass, you're going to get hit up big time. If you're going to lip sync to Millie B, you're going to get hit up big time. And I thought this is an interesting way to quote unquote weaponize social media. That I mean, I've definitely heard that theory go around that mm. they say that that's what happens. Um, but I'm not sure if I, I mean, obviously we know everything is censored in China, you know, um, so obviously they're going to censor any type of mild nudity. Yeah, right. But I feel like how is that different than Instagram? You know, where Instagram genuinely rewards nakedness. Oh yeah, and not fat people nakedness either because if you've got too much skin, the algo's like you're showing too much. But physically sure. you're you're more. There's more of you. So you, of course you're showing more skin, but they've got a percentage and I remember the argument with that. And, <laughs> By no means am I saying Instagram is better. Yes, we have a presence on Instagram, but we are throttled back like 90. So oh, I, don't, yeah. I don't know if you if you caught the last story I put up. It was like a nine-part story about how we, we were coming off. I was so excited. We were finally coming off a shadow ban, a 90-day shadow ban. And My then God. yesterday we got put back on because we posted a picture of, um, I don't know if you remember the picture a couple of years back, was the groom and the bride. And there was like six men behind the groom, all holding him up. And the caption was, this man is handicapped and all his, his best, not a handicap, he's paralyzed, whatever. Now I have to worry about what I'm saying. I, you don't actually have to worry about what you're saying on this show. <laughs> but so uh, they said, you know, he's holding up the groom. And then this was two years ago I posted this thing. And it came back to me now saying, uh, this is just a sorority or a pose done by, you know, the fraternity and yada, yada, yada. This man is not paralyzed. And boom, I'm right back on shadow ban again. How could that be worthy of a shadow ban? That is so ridiculous. I don't have the answers to that. Yeah, I feel no. that TikTok, um, surprisingly, even though, you know, it's, you know, China, it's not anymore. I think they had to sell it right to Oracle. But, um, but basically, it's surprising how much you're allowed to say on TikTok that you're not allowed to say on Instagram. And there's very specific topics like on TikTok, you cannot say even like anatomically correct words for body parts. Like if you say a like, especially to I follow a doctor who, um, you know, she does like hormone health and stuff. So obviously she's talking about ovaries, testicles, stuff that produce hormones in your body. And she gets banned all the time for saying anatomically correct things. However, you know, I could talk about a lot of conspiracies on there that I would be banned or taken down from Instagram for. So it's interesting that they allow certain things to be said that aren't on Instagram. Whereas like Instagram, you say anything even like remotely, you know, agree, disagreeing with the mainstream media and you're in trouble. <laughs> it's funny you say that. So, ladies and gentlemen, just so you know, the rest of the show is not about social media. It's just, it's just the way we're starting out right now. I've got a, we've got a lot to talk about, um, but it's so funny that you said that because I literally just got this message here. 
Uh, let me see here. Pull this up. Trying not to do dead air, ladies and gentlemen. So I'll just talk my way through this as I hunt down the picture. You are all familiar with how I do things around here. And here we go. The picture is now in my hands as we speak. I'm there we go. <laughs> so this is legitimately the help center on Instagram. It says um, debating social issues. Content may be subject to reduced or disabled monetization if it depicts or discusses the following subjects in a polarizing or inflammatory manner. Race, gender, national origin, age, political affiliation, ethnicity, disability, sexual orientation, socioeconomic class, religion, or immigration. So if you say anything that anyone may or may not be... And we know what they mean by polarizing... Mm. <laughs> they don't mean polarizing they may being on one side one specific side that's right because obviously you know and i don't have any political affiliation i don't believe in either side but obviously you know liberal people are allowed to be polarizing you know mm -hmm. uh they're allowed to be polarizing on social media it's really more the uh less popular side in the younger generation, that's not allowed to be polarizing, you know, because clearly I see polarizing posts about everything. It just depends, you know, if you're agreeing with what's in the media, because the media is just as polarizing. Uh, well, you'll be pleased to know that this audience here and does not watch the news. <laughs> <laughs> Good it's, to them. Yes. No, these guys are amazing. Not have mental mastery if they did. <laughs> yeah, it's true. No, it's true. We, you know, there's so much that we talk about. There's so much that we discuss on, on all these topics. And the idea, I actually, I posted the other day about, a, um, I don't remember what the post was, but the, the comment stuck with me and she said, I can't watch the news. Oh yeah. It was, it was the picture of Drake. And he's like, I'm, this is me getting my news from memes. Cause I can't watch the actual news. And a caption I got back was just a lady just replied. Yeah. I haven't been able to watch the news for years. It's the wrong frequency. And that, that hit me like a ton of bricks. I was like, wow, because everything is frequency and it's so true. Like, has the news really changed or have we stepped into another? It's gotten worse. So it has changed. So it's not just it our has. perception of it. Um, you've, have you seen uh, Network, the, yes. the movie from the 70s? Mm -hmm. That movie really, I think, obviously like depicts the change that happened in the media when it went to sensationalism. And then basically from there it just got worse and worse and worse and worse and worse and you know 70s was a while ago so it's on a downward spiral for a while do you do you think the 24 hour quote unquote 24 hour news cycle was by accident or was created no oh it was for sure created right. i mean nothing's by accident really exactly right so then the plan even in the 70s was to usher in of just a constant barrage oh for sure but they saw why because basically the more sensational it was the more polarizing the more divisive it was the more the ratings the sales of the newspapers you know the people talking about it so i mean it's kind of that just kind of got spread out to our entire culture because that's also the way we do regular media now and you see regular media is starting to fit into that like for example, the TV became like our regular media like 10 years ago. And then now 
we're seeing that the reality stars are really getting arrested. Like now it's like they're turning into the news. The entertainment became reality. And now that's not enough. That's not enough connection for people. So they're like, oh, now we need to see people like from the housewives getting arrested, actually really going to jail on the show. It's like, it's kind of bleeding out into all forms of entertainment, the same sensationalism. And I've said it like a hundred times on this show that I'm pretty sure that the actual television itself was initially invented. The whole reason it was invented was to eventually get us to where we're completely attached to it. And we're, we're completely, we're believing that the reality that this is the way it is. I mean, if you look at was it Universal Studios, their, their logo was a globe before anyone had ever known what a globe was, right? In the, in the 40s, before anyone, anything had ever gone up there, that, that thing flying around the globe Right? How could they know what it looked like? It, there, nothing had been taking pictures of it. So this is one of those little subtle subtleties that you know the universe or, or those watching it never really paid attention to. How could we possibly know what the globe looked like? Right now, which is here's okay. So if we jump from you know if we're jumping from television to this that, and the other thing, there's a good segue because Randy, if you're listening, which you are, you said that Jennifer doesn't believe in flat Earth, and. This was this is a, a funny thing for you to state for, for you to state, Randy. No, I bet you feel like you're part of the show now, um, because I also don't believe in flat Earth. And the interesting thing about that is, is you know, there's a lot of people on the show right now that might be like, "Hey, wait a minute!" I'm like, "No, I went through it." And to me, the idea of it was very much a gateway. It broke free the the. It made you ask questions about globe, which we never did before. If you're not asking questions, then what are you doing, right? So once you sort of ask the questions about globe, you see flat, or you ask questions about flat, you're like, all right, well, this makes sense. That makes sense. And then the flat doesn't necessarily make sense. So my question to you is in all of your research and everything that you've done, where do you stand on what you think we're doing here or where we are or what this is, or, or what's the most logical thing to you after everything that you've seen so far? Okay. To address the flat earth thing first the so i'm definitely open to all of the information about it i watch a lot of videos about it uh i follow a bunch of fat flat earthers like smart ones you know and like i follow it i take it all in um i have a bunch of friends who you know want to pick my brain about it because they're falling into the flat earth thing too and they're like jen please tell me what you think because I'm about to give up on this globe. Um, but personally, part of the thing, I mean, I think there is a grand about our world, about a reality, which is the reason why something like Flat Earth could even get this type of traction more than other conspiracies that are much more, you know, uh, realistic into our reality mm -hmm. uh, that we are able to pretty much see with our eyes that are happening. Um, so it's interesting that that one takes a lot of traction. I think that that's purposeful because it sounds so fair. Obviously we know that the conspiracy communities are infiltrated as controlled opposition so that basically certain things that are so ridiculous sounding become the most popular, like, you know, QAnon. Um, you know, I'm not a QAnon follower either. Uh, I believe a lot of the things that were talked about, but also there was only a few posts by QAnon. So a lot of the stuff that's associated with him were not anything to do with him. But regardless, a lot of times these community, community 
these conspiracy communities are infiltrated in a way that certain conspiracies take off to discredit all of the ones that are legitimate um, around it. Mm-hmm. Now, as far as the flat earth, for me, I believe in, you know, I believe in the hologram. Uh, I believe that reality is a hologram. I believe that we are holograms. We are just perceiving ourselves as physical matter because it's that good of a hologram. And we believe it that deeply that this is our reality. So of course, if we believe we live in a physical reality to such a true degree of unknowingness of unconscious belief, then of course it's going to feel physical. If you die in the matrix, you die in real life. That's true. Yeah. Or they used to say that about dreams when you were younger, that if you fall out of bed in a dream while you die in the dream, you're going to die in real life. I was always afraid of that. Um, (laughs) If the safety protocols were off on the uh, Star Trek uh, uh, holodeck, you would also die. Yeah. So as far as um, that goes, the thing with with the hologram is that basically... The thing that makes it a hologram is that each small part is encompassing the entire whole, Mm -hmm. which we see, you know, you see our bodies and it mimics the galaxy. There's so many things in our body that mirror the galaxy. The galaxy mirrors probably things that are much bigger. The systems in our body mirror the systems of the planet we live on. So everything is like this pattern. Every small part of the hologram is including the whole of the hologram. So when people talk about a flat earth, which is like I said, I take in the information because there's definitely a lot of interesting information in that stuff that does seem legitimate. However, when we look at this pattern of life, it's happening in like a sphere, like a cell. All of these things are spheres are some of the creation units. So we don't see this pattern of just flat. And I believe that all the patterns are, you know, repeating. So I'm like, we're not seeing just a flat plane anywhere in creation, Mm -hmm. you know? So I feel like that doesn't fit with a pattern of as above, so below. You know, I know a lot of people use that saying in the flat earth thing. I don't know what they mean by it. They mean that there's water above the firmament. Uh, I think it's a this is the yeah. reality is that it's not probably a physical plane at all, which is why it makes sense that maybe it's not fully a globe. And we're definitely lied to about the maps anyway. Mm-hmm. We already know that the maps are set in a way that the first world countries appear bigger than they are. Yeah. And third world countries appear a lot smaller than they are. Yeah. So, I would love to see an actual representation of the map, but at the same time, you know, I've gone beyond that. Like I've gone past that. And I've even said this to anyone that's mathematically inclined or or artistically inclined. If you can take the earth and divide it into the proper time zones. Now in North America, they're straight, they're legit. Right. But when you get over to the other continents as delivered, they start zigzagging. How is it the same exact time in Australia as it is in Germany, right? Is that so, the same time frame? Yeah, there's a time zone that that does a quick zigzag that drops from, and so you're in Germany. But how could it be? Because technically, no top sense. of the globe, bottom of the globe, however you want to say. Now again, top of the globe, bottom of the globe implies up and down in space, which is our own arrogance and, and, and ignorance to say that. 
So, I mean, the globe itself is, there's not, there's not one ounce of anything that makes any sense for the globe. You're breaking up big time. You're breaking up big time right now. <laughs> yeah, you were breaking up coming. I heard you too. I wonder, uh, is it our connection here? Are you changing something? Because it sounds a little bit better now. No, I'm not. I was just checking my thing, making sure. Um, how are they time zone, but in different seasons? Yeah. Right? It's yeah. kind of weird. Yeah. So, I mean, if somebody's got the, the artistic talent to do that, to break that up, to really, to, to redraw the map based on time zones, specific, unique time zones, you, we would actually get a legitimate view of what this is. And that's, that's huge, right? So to, to, to have, I don't know, to have that done. And I don't, I just, I don't have the, the, I don't have the, the, I don't even know the, the mental fortitude to, 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 to put that together, the mathematical brain to put that together. I'm sure if I sat down with it and had everything in front of me, I could do it, but I, I don't. So there's some people on TikTok that do things like that. They're not flat earthers. They're just people who love maps. Yeah. There's a guy called Map Nerd, and he has some crazy good stuff about the maps, but cool. in a very just regular type of way, not in a conspiracy way, but there's definitely interesting stuff that he brings up. Have you used your TikTok clout to reach out to anybody on TikTok to get anything that you were looking for prior to? No, um, I haven't really explored that yet. Um, also, I don't really have the type of content that like people want to sponsor, you know, like. Oh, I wasn't saying I sponsor. Mean, I was saying like reach out to other other accounts that maybe at one point you admired. Oh, I mean, I've definitely made a bunch of TikTok friends, but <laughs> I wasn't on TikTok before I started posting. So I didn't really know you know, I don't really have like anyone that I was like a fan of on TikTok just because I never really used it posting. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, but I have made a bunch of TikTok friends. I do like TikTok lives with like other creators that do like similar type of content and it's been fun. And mm -hmm. I did a little girl's trip with a couple of my friends that I met up. Nice. Nice. Yeah. yeah this is, this was stuff. Sorry, we're jumping all over the place, ladies and gentlemen. And again, sorry for the bad connection. Um, hopefully I can edit the majority of that out. Uh, but my question again to you, we're going to, again, hop all over the place, but with regards to TikTok, how long did it take you to hit 400,000? Um, I started posting in January. So, um, and then what is it right now? It's May. I mean, so it took me, I think I hit it almost like towards the beginning of May. So it was like, I guess about like four months, almost five months. But um, so what I did was basically me and my friends decided to do a TikTok challenge where we just all thought it would be funny if we posted every day for 30 days. And we basically were saying that, like, if you don't get a TikTok Bitcoin at this point, like if you didn't buy Bitcoin years ago, it's pretty expensive now. And now you probably don't want to because you could have paid less before. And I feel like that's how TikTok is, is it's kind of like you got to get on there and start accumulating while it was hot you know mm -hmm. and it's very hot because there's always new people coming on every day because it's changing as a platform it's also a really good time to buy a uh, bitcoin right now as the markets just dipped you should i mean i just lost an absolute fortune um because i was one of the poor suckers who was involved in the luna um uh, debacle to say the least but that's for another topic but, i'm yeah. the worst with that stuff i literally always I'll buy at a good time, 
I sell at the worst time. <laughs> so it's it's a mess. I, it's frustrating. Well, I think now now's the time, like if you've got a small amount of disposable income with regards to crypto, now's the time to just buy in and hold it for a couple of years. Certain specific coins are going to go up, just natural. Um, so, I mean, but, uh, you know, crypto too is one of those things where, you know, you get a lot of crypto heads, like you were talking earlier about QAnon, and you were talking about, you know, all the other the, the, the misinformations and the, and the crossings of the of the uh, conspiracies. And for me, you know, one of my favorite quotes is by Alan Watts, and it says, use psychedelics much like a telephone. And once you get the message, hang up the phone. And I love that. So there are people who abuse psychedelics are constantly on them, right? Um, there are people who microdose, which is really good for you, uh, helps you realign and readjust almost everything inside your synapses in your brain and how it works. Um, and then there are people who hero dose. And, and Watts was a big fan of the hero dose, which is five grams of mushrooms uh, all to yourself in a pitch black room. And you just ride it out. To me, that sounds insane. But my you know, friend does that. And she did it on the day of the like insurrection or whatever that happened on January 6th when they stormed the Capitol. She had just taken her five grams and for some reason put on the news randomly and then had the worst trip ever. Ridiculous. In the dark thinking about the insurrection. <laughs> That's stuck in your head now. Yeah, that was a bad idea. But uh, but yeah, so QAnon to me is the same is the same uh, follow through. QAnon, and this is one of those things too, because there's a lot of Trump supporters. And at the very beginning, we were a Trump supporter. We 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 the royal we um, of the show. I, yeah, I supported. I I threw a lot. I threw a lot of uh, messages out there, and I still support what he stood for. And what I mean by that is, Trump shook the system, right? I had, I had, I'm watching this and even though, you know, it was between Trump and Hillary, right at the time. So we don't want Hillary Clinton in there and Trump wins. And you realize that, you know, this was, this was a, a, a guffaw, a snafu and, and he's in there and he's doing all the presidential stuff and it's all great. It's all fun and games. And I remember saying to myself, he's doing a good job, but like Donald Trump is the president, <laughs> Donald Trump. Like, it's just funny to say Donald Trump is the president. Um, but what to me, what it really did was it shook up the system. It allowed us to understand that it's bullshit. It really pushed the narrative of presidential position is garbage. It's unnecessary. It's irrelevant. It's, it's a scam. Um, so what Trump did and QAnon and all that sort of stuff, because everyone's like, Trump is QAnon and blah, blah, blah. QAnon dropped a lot of good hints. Um, and, and much like psychedelics and much like, you know, much like all that sort of stuff. Once you get the message, hang up the phone. You don't need to suck on his every word. You just need to be aware mm -hmm. that things aren't what they appear to be. Because he hit yeah. some truths. He dropped some bombs, Q. And he dropped some bombs, Trump. So what Trump started with aggression and, uh, you know, robust, powerful, just boisterous self has been completely followed up with the absolute imbecilic Joe Biden. So what Trump started to show people of how fraudulent this whole network is with that aggression it has been followed up with how fraudulent this whole network is by blatant and total incompetence and the funny thing is nothing's changed there are still people at the borders there's still this there's still that it's just the media no longer talks it's about actually it. worse yeah. it's actually worse <laughs> it, you didn't think it would get worse after the pandemic but it's actually worse 
Yeah. Well, you live in LA too, which is like, it's crazy. When the pandemic started, our fearless oh leader over here, um, he was mimicking everything that, uh, what the, the pedal that Gavin was Yeah. That he was, that he was, uh, everything that he was doing was, was then being mimicked over here. So whatever happened to yours state happened to us like two weeks later. And then it's a little easier. I mean, at least my perception is that it's a little easier to enforce in Canada than in a place like LA because LA is obviously not what it appears to be, you know, to the outside. LA is like Gotham. Mm -hmm. So nothing is really that enforced here. I mean, obviously they were checking, uh, restaurants were checking to make sure you're vaccinated so you could have uh, a meal but all the other lawlessness was everywhere so it's like a lot of the things that they were implementing were bullshit because obviously only law-abiding citizens are going to listen and mm -hmm. all the rest just continues to get worse and worse and then basically the streets became like criminal homeless streets because all of the other people were inside their house and it hasn't fully recovered. So it's different because they mimicked a lot of the things in Canada, but also Canada is not like this debaucherous, disgusting hell mouth, you know? Yeah, so it's and, like, and Canadians are super polite too. So we like, we just said, okay. We're like, okay, you know, whatever, you know, we'll, we'll deal with here, it. I wish that more people would have, honestly, the only people who did anything were the Trump supporters. There was, there is a lot of that also in California. I mean, people think that there's not, but there is. Like most of Southern California, if you go below LA, is all basically, you know, Republican. So there was a lot of, even though they were saying these things in um, California, it was really only places like LA that were actually following it, LA and San Francisco, because San Diego, all those places, most of them just did what they wanted. You go to Northern California, they didn't even do masks at the time that they said you had to do masks. They just didn't do them. They were like, screw this. This is not even, you know? So it definitely was portrayed one way, but that was also very like, which sucks because then that became the model for other places when it wasn't even working here. No. Did you catch any of the, um, the truckers in the Canada capital, Ottawa? I mean, I saw this, um, I watched. So what's funny about that is um, the, basically Trudeau declared war on Canadians with the, with the, the riot act or whatever he did there. And, and he was, he was gonna, like, it was, it was getting really, really tense. And then of course we all went to war with uh, Ukraine. Um, yeah. So that, I mean, the whole narrative shifted like instantly and overnight all news dropped the cases of COVID and all this. They just didn't give a shit. So now, it was now that people are starting to, you know, post about the war less, all of a sudden people are getting sick again. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, you know, they're going to, they're going to have to reintroduce the fourth wave. But what happened in Ottawa was this was really cool. Um, so a lot of people that used to make, because my hometown is Ottawa. That's where I came from. And uh, I like how I defined hometown, just in case anybody didn't know, I added some backstory to <laughs> where I came from. Um, the, you're watching the news and talking about how terrible the people are and how the protesters are rioting and they're violent and they're this and that. And then you look out the window and everybody, they're giving away free food. They've got barbecues on the street. They got bouncy castles set up, right? So that families and there's people are coming to my, my house, coming to my shop, feel free to use the washroom, all this sort of stuff. Everybody was unified in peace. And, and, and true to form, 
Trudeau, I don't know if you saw the one where, where Trudeau, uh, you know, he said, go, like, go, the riot act, whatever, whatever it was, like, go, the emergencies act. And then they, they, they started taking people out. Like, this lady got run over by a horse, and you can see her walker. She's on a walker, got knocked over by the horse. The walker gets tossed. Then all the news media was like, people were throwing bicycles at our RCMP horses. Meanwhile, this was what they were talking about. They were talking about this, the horse got tripped up on the walker that that he like basically tried to kill the woman with, right? Oh my God. <laughs> so that woke up Ottawa. When Ottawa, when people, when the normies were looking at this stuff and they were watching, I say normies and I don't mean derogatory. I mean, the people that hadn't yet, you know, seen certain things, they're watching the news. No joke. Here's the TV. There's the window. They look outside. They're like, this ain't what that is. Right. And it was, it was absolutely crazy. So it, it's no surprise whatsoever that, you know, that you're, uh, that, that what you're what you're saying you know what blows my mind too is a friend of mine tommy g he did this whole rant on gavin newsom and he he pulls up newsom on his either his twitter or his facebook or whatever he had this picture on his thing where like in the very faint in the background this guy he's got the finger up but he had it curled down and then he had it digitally edited so it was the boy love triangle his finger right and so that was the whole newsom thing like newsom's like why would that be in there like you know i don't even know I don't even know what happened to Gavin Newsom because he was everywhere for a million years and then they all just disappeared. Right. And the, and the Fauci disappeared, Newsom disappeared. And then there's some new guy running New York and he's a crazy person. That's and nobody's really paying attention to anything right now because the, no stories, one's paying attention. the stories went so rampant and so far into so many different directions that nobody, nobody really truly understood. What? But I think a lot of people tuned out too. I think a lot of people who were watching the news and staying to date up to date on the cases and stuff, I think a lot of them were eventually like, okay, this is bullshit. Like, so I feel like even a lot of people that I knew that were watching the news still are not really watching it anymore. So I feel like that's also part of it. I feel one is that so many people wanted Biden so bad and now they got him. He literally can't even walk up the stairs or say a sentence and he's shaking hands with the air and all of this crazy stuff. And obviously they don't want to acknowledge that this is the person that they all really wanted in office. Is that um, true? Because it's- Is that is that actually true? Did people want Biden in office? They want Trump out, you know? Um, and like literally the day that it was announced here, it was party in the streets. When they announced it, I woke up to my neighbors cheering. I was, it was like, it got announced and like, I heard people cheering and screaming from the streets, like dancing music all the way driving to work that day. People were twerking in the street. Like it was like insane when they announced, because you know, it had been, um, I, they didn't announce until like, uh, for the first time ever, they After. stopped counting randomly in the middle of the night. And then and then the Biden spike took place. I had a lot of money riding on Trump to win that election, and we got robbed. I mean, do we really think that elections count, <laughs> you know? Well, that's the reason it took place. That's the reason it happened, I think, the way it did. Because people well, like Trump, Trump, Trump stole it. They're like, Trump stole it. You know, I don't know. I don't know if Trump stole it from Hillary, but maybe he did. Maybe the same people that rigged the election. And then they say things like, Trump's the most powerful well, man in the world. Every election. Yeah. Every election is rigged. Like, I mean, if you look back, I mean, I know this is an old school conspiracy, but it's it's a classic. But, you know, there's the guy, this guy, I forget what it's called. Is it, It's like the um, the royal blood theory or something like that. And basically, 
there's this genealogist who went through every single president. He's dead now. He died in like the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. But um, whoever has the higher concentration of royal blood percentage has won every single election. Yeah. Like, so are people's votes really counting? Probably no, not. No, it, it's, it's, I mean, the, it's become... and it was also part of the plan to bring Trump in too, because Trump yeah. served his purpose as well. Yep. You know, it, it, and I mean, you know, obviously I like that Trump said fake news, you know, I mean, I thought that was funny. At their minimum, I found him entertaining. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, you know, he wasn't an outsider, you know, he never was, he was the insider of insiders, you know, it was like, there's no one that's more inside that clique and crew than Trump. And I mean, I was a Bernie supporter. Uh, I loved Bernie. Obviously Bernie got, you know, robbed in the first, in 2016 by Hillary. Sorry, this is what they do in LA. They just, you might hear them just circling with helicopters um they're circling but well, i mean it's all because you're on the noise. show right because you're on this <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, yeah. They um they know <laughs> yeah obviously bernie would have won in 2016 if it was not completely rigged in the which it's easier it's even all the elections are rigged primaries are even easier because it's only one side deciding um and then also Bernie could have won the, um, you know, the primary if it wasn't strategically that everyone dropped out the day before Super Tuesday and consolidated all the votes to Joe, Bi- Joe Biden. So, I mean, there was no way they were going to let Bernie in. And then unfortunately, after that, Bernie then, you know, joins them, which is disappointing and sad. Because how do you go like 80 years believing in something and then right at the end give in? Because he's bad. because he's one of them too. What, now, what, the best thing about the best thing about Bernie Sanders, so I will say hands down, were the Bernie memes where he was disappointed in his mittens. <laughs> <laughs> Those memes were fantastic. The thing is too is you know I was a Bernie supporter for a long time and you know I've volunteered for him and I've done a lot of different things over the years I've been a long time Bernie supporter but uh what's the most annoying thing to me is how the stuff that was talked about in the 2016 election and the 2020 election oh couldn't be done oh that can't be done now all of a sudden it's the entire liberal agenda and they're pissed that it hasn't happened and I'm like, okay, well, you guys could have voted for the person who came up with this instead of just talking shit about it. Well, well now is- all of a sudden you believe that people should have a right to health care. Now all of a sudden you believe that people should be able to go to college uh, and not be paying debt until they're 50 years old. Like, I'm like, n- now all of a sudden because of a pandemic, everyone realizes, oh, people should have access to go to the doctor. <laughs> like, it's ridiculous that it's like, okay, you guys could have literally had that, but now you needed the world to practically almost end before all of a sudden you acknowledge people should be allowed to go to the doctor and not be in debt over it. I don't know. I think, you know, I think they, they, they play with the whole thing because you're the only country that's not quite on, on par with free med care. Um, Isn't that insane? Well, I mean, but, we know why, because it's a for-profit system and the profits are substantial 
Well, we would like it up in Canada because our, our healthcare system is the opposite, right? Everybody gets healthcare. The problem is it's shit healthcare. So if we could somehow, I mean, if we could privatize, then those with our money- healthcare is shit. Do not fall for this America has the great healthcare. Our healthcare is such shit yeah, but and you rich, pay a lot of money. If you're rich, it's it's beautiful. Yeah, but you know what? So it helps the rich. Rich people, they have their, you know, select doctors. Yeah. But it's like, it's very small, the amount of doctors that are actually good. It's really, it's, it's terrible here. And I mean, I pretty much go back and forth without like not having healthcare, having healthcare, not having it, having it, you know, right now I have it. I'm like, oh, wow, that's new. You know, but it's like regular people mostly don't have it, you know, you have a corporate job that you pretty much know you can't leave because your family can't get sick. <laughs> if you leave that job, your family gets sick. Someone could die. It's like but you see how it's controlled then, right? It's more than money. Exactly. It's control. And that's like and the reason that- why Canada might appear to have shitty health care. I don't know. I went to the hospital once when I was in Canada and it was I was surprised by the the bill was so little. I was like, what? I pay for this out of pocket. This is just like regular, not not covered stuff with having insurance. But it's because obviously, why would they give you guys the Adderall that they make millions of dollars that everyone's addicted to here? Mm -hmm. You know, like that's the thing that makes the other people's healthcare not as good is because well, why would they give it to a country that is going to not gouge the prices on it? I don't even think we have Adderall here. I think we have something else. It's probably why you guys are so polite. (laughs) It's possible. There's a lot of things that we do have up here, like chlorinated water that people are starting to misunderstand. But you said something a little bit earlier about um, whoever was the most royal was who won the election. And, you know, you've done a lot of work on aliens. Um, and mm-hmm. I want to get into that because I'm interested in in some topics. I mean, for the longest time, I was totally anti-alien, did not believe they existed, period, because I was 100% in the flat earth. Um, and then people are talking about interdimensional, people are talking about moon bases, people are talking about this, that, anything. I'm like, you're all fucking crazy. Now, that comes from, you know, an arrogant standpoint, an egoic standpoint. When you When you start to wake up and when you start to travel down these roads, you're like, fuck, you know, what I know is right and what you need to know what I know. But what we haven't taken into account is what we're going to know, what we're going to learn. And the more you learn, the more you realize you don't know fuck all, which is, you know, synonymous. But back to the presidential stuff, there's a term called uh, blue bloods and blue bloods, you know, obviously the royals, the this, that, you know, blue bloods, the elite, blah, blah, blah. But what we don't understand, too, what a lot of people haven't put together is that reptiles have blue blood. And, you know, the blue bloods, and we say these things like openly and shapeshifters and all sorts of stuff. We say these things openly and, you know, we don't even understand what we're saying half the time. But when you, you know, when you really do look at it, that all celebrities are basically lineage born. And if they're not, they, they sign a contract that like, if you fuck up, we're going to kill you, which is why all these weird celebrities die in weird ways. Anton Yelchin, for example, the guy that was, he's been in all kinds of stuff. Uh, he must have pissed somebody off because apparently his grand Cherokee crushed him to death, but he went up to check something and it rolled backwards and pinned him between a fence and the, and the Cherokee. Wow. Right. You're like, this is just absurd. This is, this is not right. You know? And then you hear, you know, anyone that goes against Oprah Winfrey, Tom Hanks, all this sort of stuff, you know, they get in trouble. And it's funny because, you know, all these people that, you know, back to the me too movement, this was to me, what I think what, what happened with the me too movement was 
maybe somebody started something, but it was absolutely hijacked. And if you weren't on par with where they were going into the COVID era and where they were going with like, if you were somebody who was in the, in the limelight or in the know, and you weren't going to support this prison-like sentence and this prison-like state and this, this lockdown and this, this medical lie, if you weren't going to support it publicly, you were about to get ousted. And I think that that's what the Me Too movement became because they started throwing men on the bus, women on the bus, believe all these people, believe this person, believe that person. And then, and then was court, there was no more court of public appeal. There was no more court. There was no nothing. It was just, you could say anything and be done with it. And if you got a taste of it, like Josh Hader, for example, the, the pitcher for Milwaukee, you know, you get a taste of it and you're like, holy shit, like the, this guy was in the middle of pitching the All-Star game and somebody released tweets from years ago that he had said when he was like 15, right? And then, so it's like, okay, so now he's he's like, uh, the, the crowd's booing him in the middle of his set. So maybe he like backtracked or reneged and, and changed his position. I'm just using him as an example. I don't have any facts to all those naysayers that want to yell at me. Um, you know, him as an example. And then the people that are just like, I'm not doing it. Like, we're not going along with this. We're going to expose this. We're going to say something about it. The ones that were really pushing it, like Avishi and, and Chris Cornell, like they got completely wiped out. Robin Williams. Um, people that are just fed up with the way it is. And then you can sort of even look back to, um, this goes into the aliens thing. There are people that have contracts, obviously, and I'm sure you've done a little bit of work with soul contracts, so the contract that you hold. Um, but the contracts like Tupac, for example, when, I don't know, um, you know, I don't know if, if you were around when Tupac was a big deal, but when he, when he left, it's almost like his contract was up. And back in the day, it was very easy to fake your death because you just stopped pointing any mainstream camera at him. So he could just leave. And people had a hard time understanding that aggression. They're like, no way, the guy was too famous. He wouldn't do this, that, and the other thing. So those that are, you know, that disappear at a young age, that that die young, that, you know, that that don't, I don't know, that it's almost like they fulfilled their 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 necessity here and they were allowed to leave. It's not a death, it's just they're just gone. Right? They just they're just gone. And where they go, we don't know. Because I mean, with regards to flat earth, I'm sure you've seen the extra earth theory. There's all kinds of interesting maps that say Agartha and all the stuff is on the outside. Uh, Admiral Byrd had stated that there's a continent the size of South America, you know, on the other side of the ice wall, all this sort of stuff. So, I mean, there's so many possibilities out there. I don't think I'm actually asking a question. Maybe I was starting to ask a question. I don't know, but <laughs> what, you know, what's your take on, what's your take on that sort of stuff? Like, have you done, have you done much work on, yeah. on all of that? Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. So as far as the blue bloods, um, a lot of aliens have blue blood. It's because oxygen levels on where they're from. So, you know, the oxygen is like basically what makes our blood become red. So there's a lot of different species uh, that they don't been as the main uh, component of their air on mm -hmm. their planet. So there's a lot of different beings that have blue blood. And, you know, we see this throughout all of like ancient cultures you know, we see it in Egyptian culture. If the, you see some that like the paint is not off, you know, a lot of them do have blue skin. Thoth is oftentimes a blue skin. Shiva in yeah. Vedic, Vishnu, all of these different things. I mean, Aztec cultures, they have blue paint on a lot of the remains. So this blue skin, blue blood is something that was, it's probably very common on a lot of plants from what I've looked into. Um, it's one of like the primary uh, outer appearances, um, more so than 
here, you know, we have like, Avatar. you know, black and white. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so that, yes, the blue blood for sure. Um, I do believe in that whole thing. You can go and look at the, all of the lineage of every politician, uh, especially monarchy, all of them, the same bloodline going back. It goes back to Dracula, to Vlad the Impaler. It goes back to Muhammad the Prince. It goes back, like these people are all, the queen is a is direct descendants of these people in the same bloodline as the queen. It's, and we also like, I remember learning in like fifth grade that uh, the royal families were interbreeding with brothers and sisters and cousins because they didn't want to dilute the royal blood. So I am a believer in that. Um, that whole entire thing because then you also look at the elections and why does the person who has more of that blood always win you know that can't be a coincidence mm -hmm. and um so i do believe in all um what you were saying about uh say like the me too movement um me too was created by caa you know which was their way of protect their own asses because of the stories of CAA that didn't get out the stories that I've heard just from living in LA and knowing people who work are saying, there are you saying CAA mm -hmm. what does that stand for the create creative artists uh, agency it's basically the the people who are the managers and agency celebrity so because in Canada in Canada, that, that's roadside assistance, CAA. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're not talking about roadside assistance. They didn't start the Me Too movement. No, CAA, the Creative Artists Agency. Um, and if you look on Google Maps at the CAA building from the aerial view, it's freaking nuts. It's literally the Illuminati triangle with the eye. Their whole entire building in LA is shaped like that when you look at it from the aerial view. And it's just crazy. And it's like, 12 constellation road like every single thing around it is a cult everything mm -hmm. um so that's where you know those were the same people who told rose mcgowan when she tried to talk to them about harvey they're saying oh man he said he wasn't going to do that to you and then did nothing about it these are the same people who had been basically pimping out girls to harvey for ever so part of that, part of bringing people like Harvey down was really just a way to cover their own asses. And, you know, it's, they just get all these girls in line who I've also, these people who were faces of the Me Too movement were bullshit too. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of them were people who, I've already heard the stories about them living here for all these years. Those girls, you know, a lot of them were clawing at each other to be with people like Harvey. So, you know, that's all part of a whole agenda. Um, obviously, that is something that was happening naturally. That happens with every movement. The only way a movement is going to happen is when it's coming up from an organic place. You can't just be like, oh, we're going to start this movement for women out of nowhere. It's like, oh, there's this underbelly that's happening in the culture that women are getting to this point let's hijack it. It's the same thing with, you know, the hippies, you know, there was an original hippie movement that was naturally happening. Then same thing with Black Lives Matter, all of these things. These are things that are genuinely happening inside of people because they can't just make it up out of nowhere and everybody just joins on. 
Well, Black Lives it's, Matter was the ultimate cult. Like it was, it was like, how could you say, how could you, how could anyone anywhere at any point stand against Black Lives Matter? Just the way they've worded it, right? It was magic. But that was, that was an infiltrated CIA job that was designed to divide and, and, and split everybody. Um, it's based on a real thing that yeah. was really happening with like, obviously, you know, the things that were happening in the world. But also that was what was happening in the collective is people were getting and that this is, you know, basically they prey on people who want to do good, who want to help other people. And then they manipulate them into basically, you know, whatever being, I don't know, their minions of some type of belief system. But all of these movements are happening organically as a natural flow of humanity. And then they just infiltrate it in key parts with key people, key figures the public and then they just hijack those whole things um i don't think that like the me too was kind of like an orchestrated thing to prepare for the pandemic i think it was something that was naturally happening in women because women are sick of men like it's it's already we're sick and it's especially too like my generation i feel like we're you know i'm in my early 30s so like i feel like this was also because of my generation a lot kind of grew up in a time where there wasn't as many gender roles, but still having this like weird thing that we needed to like abide to. So it, I think it was something that was naturally happening inside of women collectively. They were sick of it already. And then they just feed on those natural waves that happen. And as far as the celebrity thing, um, I obviously do, you know, I do get into the celebrity conspiracies. Um, I don't believe a lot of them. Uh, I don't know how I feel about Tupac being alive. I've seen different things over the years. I've never really, it's kind of like the Avril Lavigne clone thing to me. Like, why would they, why would anyone clone Avril Lavigne songs that sucked? <laughs> like, uh, Britney Spears being a clone is a lot more logical. She makes billions of dollars for people. Uh, Avril Lavigne is so irrelevant. And mm. I, I've talked about it with people and they're like, yeah, but she's really big in Japan. And I'm like, okay, well, anyone could be big in Japan. They could just get another Avril Lavigne. Like yeah. it's not Michael Jackson. It's not Beyonce. So the Avril, so I feel like sometimes the celebrity conspiracies, um, I think they're all very fun. Uh, but I don't believe in a lot of them. I do believe, obviously, that there is, um, like you said, people are born into or into. And I've heard, obviously, living in LA for a long time, I've heard a lot of different people's stories of people who were offered things and didn't want to do stuff and never had any success. Basically, the success that they had stopped instantly. And then, and I know so many people like, Oh, I mean, I was, I had this crazy record deal and then they wanted me to do some stuff and I didn't. And that was it. They completely just trashed my whole record and never released it. So, you know, I've heard a lot of people say that over the years. So I do believe in those initiations yeah. um, and I do believe they're filmed and I believe that it's all documented in a way that keeps everyone in line. Um, as far as the celebrity deaths, I think some are natural, obviously, but I do think are you know, they've served their purpose. And we were soul contracts. I think that um, the soul contracts, I'm a big believer in, 
And, you know, I, I've, I also assign to the belief that um, what I've seen in a lot of different things to do with, um, you know, regression between lives, where basically a lot of times they say you select at least three exits before you're born. So before you're born, you know, you select your life, you pick your family, you pick all these things that you're going to experience in this hologram, in this game, in this school of earth. And I am a big believer that you also, because I've seen it in multiple places, you select at least three days that you could possibly die. And when those days come, there's a part of your soul that is unaware to your conscious minds that basically decides, are we on our mission? Are we doing the path? Is there any way to get back? So like, this is why a lot of times people who, you know, die young, they've either completed their mission, which sometimes might just be after traditional love, which is, you know, sometimes happens with children, you know, they've already experienced pure love and there gets to that first exit point And they're like, you know what? I've done what I needed to here. I don't need to continue and the soul will go. And then there are people on the other end of the spectrum who maybe they're far from what they were meant to do on earth maybe they've become addicted to drugs and they their life has completely fallen apart so their soul might be okay well i there's pretty much no accumulating any more good karma left for me i've already gone down this path and i'm only going to hurt my own soul by staying here accumulating more negative karma hurting people unconsciously i'm gonna go so i do believe in natural exit points that we decide upon too um, so I think that, yeah, sometimes people serve their purpose and then sometimes people actually serve their purpose on a soul level too. Yeah. Well, one of the things too, with regards to that soul contract and the way you said it, you know, sort of describing younger deaths and older deaths, they say that, you know, like you said, you pick your time, you pick your place, you pick this, you pick that to come in here, but that you're probably traveling with eight people. So eight, mm -hmm. eight entities ish, seven or eight entities. And you know, like this your soul time, group. Yeah. So like this time you're the mom and the next time you're the kid and next time you're the best friend or whatever it is, you know, uh, but that's your particular group. And sometimes you're the, sometimes you're the infant, like, you know, you could be like, oh, you know, in, in whatever ethereal realm we're in elsewhere, you're like, I'm going to sit this one out. So I'll be the baby that's stillborn to teach the mm -hmm. you guys a lesson about exactly. this. Right? So they pop exactly. in, they pop out. But you know, there's also, you know, the, the idea too, with the soul contracts and, and, or, or the video game theory too. Like when you, when you, when you, we all step into the game, but we step in at the same time. So if we all put our helmets on at the same time into the VR, you know, arbitrary, um, you know, you show up and you live your life. And when, when I put my helmet on, you know, I come in, you've been here like you, because time is no meaning when you're inside, you've been here for 20 years and I put my helmet on at the same time as you, but I'm your kid, you know? Like that sort of thing. So it, it, it's all where you want to start the game because yes, we're all traveling together and yes, we're all helping each other solve the thing, you know, get out of the, the, the panic room or whatever, like the escape room. We're in one giant escape room right now, but we all decided, you know, to be, to play a role. We all picked our characters, Jumanji. And there's so many, there's so many things out there that sort of stick with that and that go with that and that flow with that. And I really like that theory too, because again, like, you know, the more you dig into where we could be, what we could be doing, the more you realize, again, synchronicities, then like you said, repeating patterns, nowhere on this, you know, on this thing, is there a flat earth? That's one of the things too, that, that never dawned on me, but, you know, looking back on it, it's like, yeah, that, you know, that's another reason why it didn't make sense. There are things that are naturally going to make sense and things that aren't. So 
what I like about all that is, is just the opportunity to, to consistently grow and to consistently change. And the funny thing is every single thing that you and I have talked about today, all of it, just like you said, the universe encompasses the universe, right? So every single thing that we've talked about today is utterly irrelevant, <laughs> which is really cool, except the, the relevancy of it is that it will lead us to the next thing that will teach us the next thing that will show us the next thing. And, you know, we talked, we, we just talked about early exits. And, and I think like, I think a different exit would be like a dementia, for example, like when you've got it figured out, you're like, oh man, I got this. I got, I understand what's going on. Then you sort of dip, you peace out, you leave, but your meat suit's still here. Like it's still just chilling. Right. And I think a lot of times is people, they're not ready to go and leave their family yet. So like on a soul level, they're ready to kind of go back, but their free will as a human is not. And their free will as a human is still holding on. And that's why they're kind of between two worlds, you know, where they're also, they're kind of ready to go. Mm -hmm. But their body is like, no, I have kids here. They need, can't, you know? And that's, I mean, the same thing too with ghosts. You know, sometimes ghosts stay because they're not ready to let go of their family. Have you ever encountered ghosts? Um, so the house that I grew up in was so horrifyingly scary and old. Where'd you grow that up? That I I grew up in Jersey City, but I grew up in like a house that was so it was like in the ghetto, but it was like built of like the 1800s and was falling apart. Now what's so the it was ghost kind or of was like, it Polly D? <laughs> <laughs> well, I basically uh she like completely shut off any thing like that there would be like shit like walking sounding I'm like no man this house is just freaking so I don't have any type of um I have no type of extrasensory that's funny towards ghosts and I'm like I definitely shut that shit down from living in a scary ass haunted house I I could just I could just picture a young you no not (laughs) happening (laughs) although aliens and stuff like that yes i'm much more open to uh cosmic encounters so you've done like you did like a 30 part you know we've been on the show now for an hour um you did we haven't even gotten to aliens you you know i don't know how much time you've got left i've got Uh, all the time in the world all the time in the world i like it so uh also my my time's not real sure so (laughs) yeah that's a huge one that i'm working on right now too um like in my mind not working i'm not drawing up a chalkboard here but like time's not real is such a a a miraculous concept to me and you know we think about it we think about our youth like time is totally real i remember being a kid i'm like there's this thing in me right now that's longing for something that i don't know where it is and i'm fulfilling it in like um i don't know what the tune is the, the tone is but it's like photographs of like a a a certain ambiance i'll send one to you later i'll make one the 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 post for the show maybe if i remember to do that but it's like it's like my soul is hunting this thing and it's a time thing you think but but is it you know it's a place in time like like uh i don't even know how to explain it like a a green tinge and you know like a a, an older car sort of running in in the distance with with its taillights on and maybe one blinker just going and it's sitting in the driveway and, and there's a, a, a haze all around and you can see the street lights on. Nobody's on the street. It had just rained. There's a little bit of mist. I'm painting a picture. Like that's that whole essence and image and all. Oh, is it like, like the eighties? Yes. hundred <laughs> percent. 
I was going to say the <laughs> 80s, but you're like 30 years old. So I'm like, she doesn't even know what the 80s is. So I'm not going to go there. But yeah, it's the <laughs> 80s. And that's the moment in time. And, I'm, and, and it's weird. It's just this moment that my brain is hunting. And uh, the algorithms, back to the algorithms, it's showing me this stuff again. Like, it's just a phenomenal thing. Like, how did you know it was the 80s? I mean, I um, was seeing it in my head. You were describing it. I was seeing it. Oh, perfect. That's perfect. That was I'm descriptive. Good, I'm good at I'm good at figuring things out. I mean, <laughs> man. So I can connect dots. I love it. I love it. So yeah, tell us a little bit about your aliens, your theories. You know where you've gone, where, like how you got to that, and and one last thing about social or about TikTok. What made you, out of all your girlfriends, decide that you're going to start talking crazy stuff? Because everybody thinks you're crazy until you start talking about it and it starts making sense so what's well it? no one actually thinks i'm crazy that's <laughs> perfect um yeah you know what as far as that uh i have always been that person that has always been into this stuff it's not like i recently got into it in the last years because it's been in like the collective i was that person like in the fourth grade like trying to be like can i read my journal entry in front of class and it's about meeting aliens you know like i literally ever since i was I, my whole family had an alien uh well ufo encounter um when i was younger so in like 1993 we pretty much there was like I think like seven of us there. So that's always been since I was five years old, a part of my life. So uh, you, you inst- young, you instantly shuts down ghosts. Nope. But the aliens, they're a thing. It's different. I love the aliens. Um, ghosts. No, but that's also too. I mean, when it comes to the soul stuff, I don't know if not too much circling back to what we were talking about, but oh, with these soul contracts and soul groups, I don't know if you're a believer of this other phenomenon that people talk about with being like star seeds or three waves of volunteers or indigo children. We're basically, we're basically, there was this structure for almost ever on earth where you would go in with this soul family and you were a part of your group. And then in recent times, starting from, you know, the beginning of it started in after World War II, and it happened in waves since then, where some of the souls come to Earth, um, not with their soul group, and they're coming from other places. So I've always kind of resonated with that, even though I didn't learn about it until maybe like five years ago that this was a thing where because even when I learned about the souls and the soul groups and all of that, I loved the information, but I never felt like it was fully talking about me. And I was like, oh, like, I love this. I can see this, how it works. I'm like, but what about me? I feel like I'm not here with my soul group. And, you know, then you learn about these other things is there is a lot of people who their souls are actually doing the earth school. They're incarnating here now to help with the earth shift, to help people figure out this information of how to shift into a higher consciousness, how to shift off this new world order timeline. So, you know, that also goes back into like, you know, me having an alien experience when I was younger, I always felt like I'm that type of person. I feel if I go out into nature, I'm going to look up at the stars. I don't really look at the nature, you know, like it's like, that's kind of, I'm a little bit more like cosmic than she out there. She out there. You know, um, although I got my fairy friends, I'm not really at 
so the ghost thing is very earthbound spirits too. So I don't feel that much connection with that. Did you say you have uh, your fairy friends? Oh yeah, I have a lot of fairy friends. Have you seen the movie um, uh, with Will Smith? Um, something bright. I mean, it was just bright. Um, mm-hmm. Where he's the cop and he's working with an ogre. No, I did not. Yeah, you got to check that out. It's yeah, I believe that there's a lot of truth in movies. Uh, there's there's a oh, television sure. show on. There's a television show on right now called uh, The Man Who Fell from Space, not to be confused with the David mm-hmm. Bowie David Bowie movie from the seventies. Uh, the man who fell. The man who fell to Earth is they're dropping secrets left, right, and center about everything. I'm like, I can't believe they're just putting this out there, right? But I mean, it, it only makes. But sense we also to me. know the yeah. we know the rules of, of free will too, because they're not really imposed, imposing on people's free will if they are blatantly telling people the truth. Yeah, and it's just people's opinion whether they want to believe in that or not. But this is why I don't really watch too much stuff recently, and also. A lot of times if I do watch something like along those lines, I kind of just say I don't consent to that reality because, you know, otherwise, you know, that is they're playing with our free will by showing us all of this new world shit and all of this stuff about the truth about our reality. But then everyone thinks you're crazy if you suggest that that could possibly be real. <laughs> they can think I'm crazy all I want. I have a lot of fun with it. Um, but yeah, so Bright, I think it was Bright. I mean, I'll, I'll take another look at that. But that's when you should definitely check out with regards to fairy friends. Because those people are, they're so simple. They're so little. They're so beautiful. They're so magic, these fairies. And they, they often don't even know who or what essence they truly are. And that's a damn mm-hmm. shame. That's a damn shame. Because when you can see somebody for what they are, they're beautiful. You know, the, these people are, ah, anyway. Uh, but, you know, the, the, there's there's pros and cons to all of them. But, you know, I, I'm sorry to cut you off. I just, I love the fairy people. and I love and, fairy people too. I know, mean, I love all the different types, you know? I, yeah. I mean, not all reptilians are bad either, you know? I don't think so. There's a, I've talked about this one too. There's a, there's a, a covenant. Um, and and it, it, like you said, it, it, it deems that we have to tell you the truth. And uh, the covenant is, you know, when you quote unquote get an elite um, and, and ask them specific questions, they will give you specific answers. Uh, I think it was Dale Carnegie, Interview with the Devil. Um, that book or... Uh, is it Interview or whatever? Oh, but that, um, is it out, Outwitting the Devil? By outwitting the Devil, devil. yeah. Napoleon Hill, yeah. How so close? Dale Carnegie was his mentor, anyway. That's that the was, one who he was yeah. also channeling. He channels him in the beginning of that book. Yeah, so that—that's probably why I get them always confused, forever confused. But that is um, outwitting the devil is an interview with an elite, and um, that—that's one of them. There's another one. I've got another one. Um, uh, well, the outwitting the devil too, right? It's that he channels the entity that is considered the devil, right? Well, the devil's it's a- not a person um, that's being interviewed. It's kind of like he's channeling the energy of it. Right. But it's, it's, um, it, it is, it's quote unquote an interview with an elite. Um, so as he's channeling and as he's saying, like what he's doing is he's actually, he's talking to the person that's being channeled. The person that was actually doing the interview with um, was, was an elite with somebody who had certain answers yeah. and certain proclivities. He was the one that was talking about smoking. He was talking about drinking. He was talking about the education system and the division of the parental unit and all that sort of stuff and how they can get into people's minds. The other one, I'm going to send you a link to, and I'll also even hotlink it in this. I've done it before, but I'll hotlink it in the, in the show notes. Maybe make a note of that right now. And it's an interview with an elite. And they tell you all of these things. And there's this plan, this 12-step plan laid out the whole nine yards. And it's fascinating because when you say they're not all bad, it's 100% true. This 
in this covenant article, the guy says, I, you know, we don't, we don't want to be here. We don't, we don't want to do these terrible things, but we're doing them to wake you up. And, and like, it's, it's almost like we, you know, we we're on, we're under contract to do this. And, you know, I've said this a thousand times, like if the worst thing celebrities did was eat green jelly beans, you know, a lot of us wouldn't have paid attention to a lot of things that were going on, you know? And, and the funny thing too, is you were talking about vampires back in the day, like they've been talking about, um, they've been talking about adrenochrome for years and, and as the stories of, of the vampire. And we're supposed to be like, all of a sudden, you know, celebrities, you know, they're not doing this. I mean, it's mm-hmm. even in Monsters, Inc., the, the, the show where the monsters go in, they scare the kids and they extract a mm-hmm. fear, you know? Which or even is, in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, they literally talk about specifically adrenochrome. Yeah, exactly. they, That's literally the drug that he almost overdoses on in the bathtub. And it's yeah. that's the first time that we kind of saw that in pop culture. And, you know, obviously they don't tell you where it came from. You know, it's just what Benicio Del Toro, Toro brings it into the hotel room. But it's a, he, he says flat out, he says from the human adrenal gland. Uh, gland. Exactly. This stuff is pure. Say, uh-huh. <laughs> One drop will do you. <laughs> One of my favorite movies. Hunter S. Thompson was a, an absolutely fascinating individual who was sharing a lot of truths with a lot of people. That but at the same time, when you look into his stuff, it's kind of fucking horrifying now. Yes. I've looked into a lot of his things recently. Um, and I'm like, wow, we were all just reading this stuff. Like, this was so cool. And it's like, there's literally, he's talking about in West Palm Beach that they freaking take young girls and give them as Christmas presents to elite people and that everyone in the town knows what's happening and it's like there are so many things and the stuff about him like doing snuff films and it's like I'm just like obviously there's been a lot of change which is is like what we were talking about before is like there's natural things that are happening in the collective like the Me Too movement Black Lives Matter and now it's happening like of this moral thing of what the people we've been looking up to are doing you know and it's like now it's getting taken as cancel culture but there is something real inside of people that are like wait how did i used to think this guy was cool and now i'm freaking reading hunter s thompson and he literally sounds like a freaking pedophile that drinks kids blood with a bunch of rich people yeah well he was one of them he, he was he was it I and mean, they just told his story because he was crazy and hunter s thompson is crazy and then what do they do they you know, they take that the man who played Hunter S. Thompson numerous times, Johnny Depp, like this guy, the ultimate, uh, I guess, distraction is the is Amber Heard and Johnny Depp. You know, like we see nothing of Ghislaine Maxwell, which, again, you know, we were tying that to um, uh, the distraction, like the Me Too movement was also set up to, as a distraction to be like, we're going to unleash some of this stuff in hopes that the kids in, in Epstein Island doesn't get out. You know, mm-hmm. and so when you talk about that sort of thing, and again, you know, you think of these things and then back to what we were talking about with regards to soul contracts, the people you're traveling with, you know, you were talking about, uh, or we were both talking about the, 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 those that come and go early and then those that come and go late. I'm, I'm also a firm believer. I love it. Hey, we're, we're pushing back now 20 minutes. Still haven't talked about aliens. We're getting there though. Um, the, 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 the non-player characters. So I don't know what your take is on that, but I mean, thinking like, you know, again, if the celebrities were only eating green jelly beans, we wouldn't know anything about it. And I have, I, you know, I, I have a, a strong feeling that, you know, the, the celebrities that were extracting adrenochrome, um, you know, the Lady Gagas of the world and all that sort of stuff. I have a strong, like, I mean, look at Anderson Cooper's lineage. I mean, it, the pool that the artwork that was in Podesta's house, 
the fact that Podesta's son uh, was Chad Bennington, the lead singer of Lincoln Park, all of these like just absolute lineage pops you start tying it all together it's crazy now i say these things like the kids that they were trafficking there's a high likelihood that they would have been npcs non-player characters uh soulless entities um you know i i or that you know that they were that they chose i mean i think i think we would like to believe that it makes it easier um i do believe that in everything there's some npcs uh but there is also obviously a lot of real people who because that goes back to what we're talking about with the reptilians because basically there's also a system that's happening here on this planet of abuse sexual abuse especially towards children um because it creates such obviously the adrenochrome all of these things but it also creates such a high level of trauma on such a deep level, all the way down to the soul, that it almost makes that person, this is where the concept of the prison planet comes from, because it's not that you're gonna go and then instantly be sucked back down. It's that now, because of that sexual trauma, you cannot move on with your soul's ascension. You need to come back to earth and heal that trauma and heal that karma with those people who did that. So basically what that is, is that's this cycle of keeping these same souls recycling on this planet, because basically with that level of trauma, only recently in the last probably 10 years, have we even came up with available methods for people to overcome sexual trauma and abuse before it was just like, you just dealt with it and you died. And then you probably reincarnated and it probably happens again. And you dealt with it again and you died again. But now it's like, when you can heal those patterns on your soul, I think that's part of it is, yeah, there's a lot of stuff with the kids, but it's also those people's souls are incarnate. They're trying to overcome some type of thing that needs to be healed. You know, that wasn't even their own fault. And, you know, that's how they keep these certain souls coming back to earth who probably, if stuff like that didn't happen, would have ascended past the earth school and not been here anymore. You know, and then as far as the non-player characters thing. So obviously we all have our own reality. We all have our own hologram and we all create the blueprint of our own hologram. Now I was just, this is actually the series, the finale of my alien series. So if anyone wants to go watch that. Oh, is this a sneak peek? Is this going up beforehand? Well, well, no, it's, it's, I already put it up, but it talks about this because Basically, this one guy um, who worked with aliens through the German government, he was talking about some of the stuff. And he says that basically, um, if someone in your life, he said, basically, everyone on the timeline right now is going to experience aliens and exopolitics. If someone by their soul's free will has chosen that they don't want to be on a timeline that has exopolitics and aliens and all of that, they don't have to because that's their free will. However, they're not on the same timeline as you. So those people can still appear in your timeline, but they're going to appear differently because the main player is not perceiving the same timeline. So he said that sometimes you'll see that someone in your life will so drastically change. They'll kind of look different. They'll act different. Maybe they move, they change something. They just are a completely different person than what they were three or four years ago, which has happened to a lot of people. That's me right Um, now. He says that those are indicators 
that to the other people in your life, that those are indicators that that person is no longer on the same timeline as you. And now they are just serving the purpose as a symbolic reflection of something from your hologram. So like, basically, you know, you have say a friend you used to be very close with, and now that person has gone full blown into, you know, whatever, something that you're not interested in. And now they kind of act different, or maybe they have like a different type of family life that they're very included in that you're interested anymore they look different act different that's because the main character of their hologram is no longer on your same timeline so you only now perceive them as a symbolic reflection of your inner state and the role that they're playing now Which in your hologram nice time not being real um i wanted to ask uh you were talking about sexual trauma and like we were also talking about choices that we make before we get here. I don't think that anyone could hijack something uh, personally. I like, I don't think that anything could happen to me. That's not supposed to happen to me. So when you, when you say that, you know, based on your free will, you, yeah. But so when you say that, like, I couldn't imagine myself being, and here's an interesting thing. I couldn't imagine myself. Obviously I can't imagine myself being a child that was taken to Epstein Island. Um, But did that child choose that? as a lesson for somebody else, you know, or was that, sorry, was that energy, was that entity or that lesson Did that child chose to, to, is that the cycle of karma? Like you were talking about before, did that entity in a previous go round or in a previous sort of experience, did they do something so fucked up that they now have to experience it? And then we say like, again, what we define, and here's, here's where, where it gets weird. What we define as fucked up as a personal choice. Right. So maybe they at one point were the aggressor and now they wanted to experience what it was like to be the victim. And that's a huge weird thought, I know. And it's not something that I have I've put too much thought into, but I know that, that that lineage does exist. My question to you is the more you ascend mentally, the more you step into uh, the fifth and, and soon to be sixth dimension. Um, my question, I guess, like when I look at myself and when I look at my experiences, as a youth, you know, in your 20s, 30s and 20s and, and teens and 20s, a lot of it is financially motivated and, and sexually motivated. Like it's fun to meet new people. It's fun to flaunt what you got. It's fun to connect with somebody. It's fun to hook up at the bar. It's fun to do all these things. It's fun to have some sort of sexual connection. Um, and as I got older and as I, I don't want to say older, but as I, as I grew mentally more and more and more, the idea of uh, what I look like, the idea of um, uh, how much my quote unquote sex appeal is the idea of all of that to me kind of just goes away. And I lost somewhere along the way, I lost the idea or I lost the ability to crush, you know what I mean? To have a crush on somebody, to, to have the butterflies, to be, you know, physically being like, Oh, she's out of my league. You know, like that to me, like all of that went away. I'm curious if you experienced the same thing as you sort of grew higher into your elevated state of consciousness. Do you think that sexuality and sex could be used as, as it was before? If you know, it could have been used as a weapon. It could have been used as a desire, as a want, as a, as an entrapment and ensnarement. Do you think it could still be used like that against you or towards you? Um. Yeah. So, first about like the free will and the soul contract aspect of that. You know, I don't think that everybody that um, experiences trauma 
that karma is not really like a punishing system because we have this perception of punishing. We're taught about a punishing God, which clearly doesn't exist. There, there's no punishing God. You know, there's judgmental people, there's yeah. punishing people, but this idea of punishment is not really something that I believe is rippled out through higher levels of consciousness. Mm -hmm. I think it's something that we're living with, with going through the survival levels of consciousness that we're ascending out of. Um, so I don't think that karma is punishing either. I don't think it's like, okay, well, I did something bad. Now I need something bad done to me. I think it's all part of the lessons and we can't really fathom the full lesson. And, um, also too, you know, like you said in the beginning of that is that sometimes that might be someone else's lesson. Sometimes a very highly ascended soul will incarnate into an abused child because they need to teach the lessons to the people who are doing it. And yeah. their soul is high enough to be able to withstand that. Like, you know, I mean, that's how I kind of feel about that kid. What is his name? I think Gabriel Fernandez. Like, I kind of feel watching. That was like one of the most horrible things ever. But I was like, I feel like that boy, like his soul, like literally taught the whole world a lesson about child abuse, you know? So like, I feel like sometimes there's that level of it where maybe it's a soul that has already done that, but other people still need to learn those lessons. So why put the lower souls into that thing that's going to be horrible for them and they're never going to get out of when there's souls who already can handle it, who could go in, play that part for some of these other people who need to learn the bad, disgusting lessons. Mm -hmm. um, so we don't really know exactly the exact rules of karma. We only can see them through our perception of a punishing God and right and wrong and duality, which is probably not at all what it's like. Yeah. Um, and then as far as the sexual changes, I feel like there's a balance. You know, I think it is natural. I notice it myself and most other people who get very deep into spirituality that there is a, like a sexual aspect of their life that changes, um, even in relationships, you know, they might even change sexually in a relationship or they might change in a way that they don't feel the need to hook up with random people or they don't want to hook up with random people, um, whereas they used to want to. Uh, I think that's natural, but I also think that it's like missing something. I think that there still needs to be like a collective healing around sex because obviously it's a collective trauma. Um, obviously there's regular sexual trauma that we could imagine, but then there's all the other types of things that come with sexual trauma that we all experience in different ways. I mean, even down to a guy feeling embarrassed during a sexual encounter will then stay with him for his life, you know? And it's like a lot of times people want to angry people want to discount that everyone has different types of trauma related to sexuality because the way that we're taught about sexuality, we're taught that it's shameful, we're taught that it's bad. And then I think that there's an evolved level of spirituality that does involve sexuality in a healthy, good way. But I think that as a collective of spiritually ascending people, we're still figuring it out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, if you look at if you look at again the us versus them, when I say us versus them, uh, you know, it's I've gotten to a point in my in my journey where I don't believe I believe that 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 every single thing that the they that they speak of is something that I chose to be in my path to give me the lessons that I needed to learn. So I'm not even upset about any of that because it's just something for me to focus on, some sort of way for me to overcome a sense of duality, a sense of purpose. 
But when I look at things like they, right, they weaponize porn. Every man on the planet, well, 90% of men on the planet think they have a small penis. And they hold that shame energy like you were just talking about. They hold that shame energy because everyone in porn has a nine-inch dick, right? So all the men are like, I'm insecure. And then all the women are like, if it ain't rough, it ain't sex. Like this is in, this is in, uh, you know, all the lyrics. And the women are extremely insecure too from it. It's like literally there's really doesn't seem like there's much positive benefit from porn. No. You know? And here's the other crazy thing. Like when I was a kid, like if you got, you know, anybody that's like, you know, 35, 40 would understand what squiggly porn is. Right. If you were lucky enough to get squiggly porn as a 10 or 11 year old boy, you're like, oh, shit, the life is over. Right. Like what you would go to like the spice channel and it would kind of screw on the channel. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. This is back way back before things went just blue. Like we had channels that like pay-per-view back in the day was just a jumble. Right. So squiggly porn. We're like, ah, I see a titty, you know, and this like, this is the kind of small stuff. Cause like kids aren't, again, like you said, shame. We're not taught this stuff, but, and this is my generation. Like I mean, if you had a play, if you found your uncle's playboys, your dad's playboys, you fuck, holy shit. You know, you'd show it to your buddies and all that stuff. And like, that was a funny thing. Like it was a thing. It was just this, this mystery, this thing. And it's been like sexuality has been hyper, hyper weaponized for so long when you really think about it. I mean, if you trail it right back to like, why do you have to wear a shirt, but it's okay for me not to, you know, like, why did that become a thing? Well, you know, and everyone's got their answer. Oh, because it's this, because it's that it's not, it's your breast is designed to feed a child, right? It doesn't need to be sexualized, but it is. So we live in a world where the the shame of sexuality is so ingrained in us from birth. Like Adam and Eve walked around the Garden of Eden naked until she ate the apple, and then they put the leaves on, right? So now they're now they're in shame. It's a shame mode thing. It's interesting. Um, but kids today, like you said, you're you're in your early thirties. Kids today, like your generation, you had porn on your cell phones from eleven years old, like straight porn, well, free to everybody. You know, when I was you? eleven years. We didn't have videos on our cell phones, but yeah, that's true. But uh, kids younger than you, like the like the. Uh, the but the 22... kids now can have access to porn at a very young age. Yes, and an interesting thing about that is, of some of my girlfriends who are like, yeah, the younger generation is really weird. Like some of my girlfriends who are your age, uh, I think I'm only like nine or ten years older than you. Um, they're like the the guys, like the 25 year old guys right now are impotent because they can't satiate what they've seen their whole sexual lives with another entity with another individual it's gone so far right that they like porn is just so much weirder and weirder and weirder you keep going down these porn rabbit holes and they don't nobody realizes that porn has been so heavily weaponized to do that Mm -hmm. to you to take to break that to break that unity so and the edging it's these guys are all and it's not just younger guys it's all ages but like they're you know they're doing the edging with porn and then how could you mimic these experiences in any type of natural setting, you know, like, you know what I mean by edging, right? I have an idea, but go ahead and describe it for the audience. So basically, like, basically people will be jerking off and before they're about to come, they'll prolong it. And they prolong that with porn for hours and hours and they stay in this state as long as they can. And it's addictive, obviously, because it's an altered state of mind that you're going into. And, you know, there's one thing about doing that, you know, in a natural setting, prolonging yourself in a natural setting. There's another thing in an unnatural setting where you're watching extreme levels. And now once you're at this state of you're about to, 
you can't go down to anything less. And that's the thing with porn that it's this horrible graduation system where you're like, well, I could have watched this, but now that I edged at this crazy point, now I need to up it. And then that's how people start getting into, you know, and I, I have nothing wrong, nothing against people's fetishes, you know, however, are these fetishes happening naturally or are they happening because basically you want to stay high edging so then you're like oh okay well now i need you know a woman who has a big dick <laughs> because how can i go down i can't go down i need to go up and then they're like oh and now i need to go up i need to go up and they need to keep making the porn more extreme more extreme more extreme because it's like you break through a plateau and now you're at that plateau how could you come from anything less you can't so then the next time you go and watch porn you're not starting back down here with freaking lesbians kissing you're starting up here with hardcore gangbang because now you can never go back down there again so it's like not even just what it's physically doing to the body it's also like psychologically your level of turn on needs to be so extreme for anything to even happen so it basically numbs down all of the natural things then you go into a relationship how um you know even if it's with a person who is very you know open sexually you are either going to completely skip over or not enjoy all the subtleties with that person, which will eventually run the relationship into the ground because you started on a 10, you know, or you do go through those subtleties and they do nothing for you. And now you believe that you might not be attracted to this person because your level of turn on needs to be a hardcore gang gang bang. It's broken down there for you. No, I like it. I like it. And what and you know, and what that you know, what what that ultimately leads to is is essentially depopulation because people aren't aren't copulating. They're not they're not connecting. They're feeling yeah. alone. I mean, the depopulation idea. I mean, but think about this too. All of that porn is free. But at the beginning of every movie from Hollywood is if you duplicate this or if you do whatever, you're going to two hundred fifty thousand dollar fine and ten years in jail. Right. So you're like, well. Well, what the hell? Why is why is this all free? So it's intentional. What Education's not free. Uh, going to the doctor is not free. Nothing else is free. But then there's this apparently booming business. Which how are they making money anymore? Yeah. At first, you were like, "Oh, they're they're." It's because they've got ads on the site or something like that. You're like, "Okay, well, I get that for like a minute." But who's paying who to do what? You know, that's the thing. Yeah. And these porn stars get paid a lot less than they used to. That's oh for yeah. Sure. And there's a lot of them that have, there was a huge run of porn stars that killed themselves a couple of years back, which was a weird thing. And it's just, I mean, it's a toxic environment to be in, you know, um, as much as there's, there's this big thing, which, you know, is my issue with the Me Too feminism movement is that there's this huge like narrative that it really pisses me off. That is like basically talking about how like doing those things, if someone wants to do those things, then do them. I don't think most people genuinely want to do them for a good reason. It's usually trauma. It's usually desperation. Um, people don't just normally in a healthy state of their life say, this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. And it's being very encouraged for girls to be escorts, to do OnlyFans, to do porn, to do all of this stuff. And they're acting like this is some form of feminism and forgetting that that's what women had the whole time. It goes all the way back to the Bible. There's been prostitution for all of time. And 
never is the prostitute the one that is in charge. As much as you might convince yourself, it's the person who has the money that is. Mm-hmm. And I just hate that this sort of like this wave of feminism that is very, I think obviously anyone who's a sex worker deserves the same amount of respect as any other type of person. Of course. That part of it, I agree with. The side that they really are encouraging it as some type of female empowerment, it is anything but female empowerment. Just because you're making the money and your pimp is a website, like the pimp is still getting his cut. Well played. Never even thought about that. Yeah, they're getting the 33% or whatever it is. Yeah, the pimp still gets their cut. How is this truly evolution? And I, I think it all still is the war on women, you know, that has never ended, but it's just gotten way more clever. Well, the war on women, to me, the way you said that, that, that's a divisional thing, because that means that somebody's attacking women. And it's not men, because there's a war on men, too. So, again, oh, it, yeah, becomes, it's it then becomes but us on womanhood, them. on womanhood, on femininity, on those things. That's what there is. There's a war on also women coming into their identity because women are the ones coming into their identity more so recently. Well, men there's a war, there's a war on men. Slower. Well, we're, well, we're typically course. slower. Yeah. We barbecue and we, we make noise, but we're slower. But I mean, if you look at all of, if you look at all of the media right now, um, like Calvin Klein, for example, just posted an ad of a, of a, tr- a transgender man, woman, man. I don't fucking, I don't want to offend anybody. Um, I don't know the terms. Some dude is pregnant. Mm-hmm. And that's a Calvin Klein ad, right? Oh, I and, think I saw it. And I've seen some, some of my, one of my girlfriends is like, this is, a, this is an attack on, this is, this is the continuation of the war on women, which brings it up because you mentioned it. But it's also, it's also an attack on men, right? Because men. And men, it's also an attack on trans people because I literally, I have several trans friends, not a single one of them agrees with this narrative. They're saying the same exact thing. These narratives are not coming from the individuals because all of my trans friends are like, what's happening right now is madness. This is not what we're saying. We do believe, most trans people that I know believe in binary stuff. They want the binary life. They just don't want to be attacked. It's not like, oh, let's completely dissolve gender. That is kind of like a little bit of like this. Sorry, there's all types of stuff happening outside here. It's all close window. I can barely hear it. You're okay. So, um, yeah, it's a war on everybody because it's also the people that they say this is coming from. It's not coming from them either. Yeah. They also feel that they're victims of this narrative about trans people because you know well that i mean the the original one of that goes right back to race wars they're beating race wars right now and you know if you look at uh if you look at and i've I've had this conversation before there are african-americans asian-americans mexican-americans right native americans and then there's americans so the fact that white people don't have a prefix in front of their name immediately makes them stand out i didn't choose to have a prefix or not have a prefix i didn't choose any of this Right. I didn't state that this was my land, but because of the wording of the people that handed out these prefixes by not, I didn't get European American. Why not? You know, I didn't get that. So that immediately makes me the bad guy. So all of these people can feel separated because they have to put a prefix in front of their name. But because I don't have one, I'm also separated. Right. Because I didn't ask for this. And now you guys are looking at me like I'm the bad guy. Like I did something. 
right? So that's like that's a massive perpetuation on war and division in that sense. I feel like again, I feel like we're off the rails a little bit here. Not that we're off the rails because we've been we've been all over the place, but we were headed somewhere before, and I've lost where we were headed. Although I'm absolutely loving this conversation. I will. Mm-hmm. And about that too, you know, we know what's really happening is that obviously there's a very small group of people who are in power and in control and that lineage has been in control for a long time. So a lot of the divisive narratives that are happening is to protect those people, you know? So it's like, of course, it's a regular white American guy who's the problem, the guy who literally has no impact He's just in his house watching TV is all of a sudden the bad guy. And it's like, that's to deflect from the actual bad guys that are, we know their names now because of the internet. That's the big difference is that they're trying to keep these group of elites protected. So of course, and then you're going to have that random guy who might be watching Fox News is going to get all riled up and now thinks he has to put his, get his guns in the war too. And it's like, basically, it's just the same divisiveness to distract from the actual people who are behind all of it. Yep. The same people who've been. One of the things that made me laugh, uh, one of the shadow bands that I, I took was because I posted a picture that said, um, if you take black ants and put them in a jar and red ants and put them in a jar and you just leave them be, they will avoid each other. They won't, they won't intermingle. Um, but if you shake the jar just a little bit, the black ants will fight the red ants and the red ants will fight the black mm-hmm. ants. It's and true. so the, the, the caption was uh, something along those lines. And it said, well, the black ants are fighting the red ants and the red ants fighting the black ants. Nobody's looking at who shook the jar. Mm-hmm. And I put that on Instagram and I got shadow banned because of that. They put a warning up and they said, the shadow ban was at no point did David Attenborough ever talk about ants. I'm like, you guys are literally just going out of your way to say dumb shit. Right. These, 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 these fact checkers right? validating their own facts. And I, and, but that's, so, that's you know, so true. That's also kind of goes back to what NPCs. Another thing I wanted to say about that was, um, have you heard of this agent Smith effect? I love it. Where that's the one basically. Yeah. So, people. Will so the agent Smith effect, before you get into this, before you get into this, the agent Smith effect is the one video of yours that I did see and watch through and through. And I'd seen it before and I absolutely loved it. I was actually going to play it, your actual clip, but let's, I, I'd love to hear, yeah, for the audience, let's get the, the Agent Smith effect. I love it. So as we know, Agent Smith from The Matrix, um, he always pops up when Neo is threatening The Matrix, when Neo is getting closer to understanding the truth or getting out of The Matrix or figuring out what's really going on. Agent Smith comes to fuck him up. And basically, this is like, you know, a metaphor for what happens a lot of times. And I've seen some other people do a different take on it, which I really like. I took the take more towards the conspiracy side, which is basically like you could watch a show like The Man Who Fell to Earth or like all of these shows, you know, Squid Games, for example. And people are like, this is so great. What a cool idea. This was great. Then all of a sudden you're like, well, this is kind of what's happening in the real world. Or like, you know, people, I haven't seen Doctor Who, but people tell me that a lot of the stuff that I post about is basically what happens to Doctor Who. And I'm like, okay, so the fact that there's timelines and time wars going on and that actually our timelines are being manipulated from the past and the future and we can't perceive it because we believe time is real. 
And all of a sudden you say that. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you know, people could watch Dr. Who who think it's the greatest chill on earth. If I say the possibility that, well, this actually could potentially be happening for real in our real lives, in our real timelines, all of a sudden they get glazed over, they become like agent Smith. And then all of a sudden this person who has never been disrespectful to you before, all of a sudden starts being disrespectful, condescending, acting like you're stupid. People completely like, there's a lot of people who come to me on a regular basis for advice. Some of those same people recently in a discussion, aliens came up. All of a sudden, this person who literally calls me like two, three times a week for advice is acting like I'm an idiot. (laughs) I'm not an idiot when you need advice 24 seven, but all of a sudden, because I'm telling you that I had an actual alien experience that I don't need your validation to verify I don't need your acknowledgement to know it's true. I don't need an expert to tell me it was true. Um, Now all of a sudden is being condescending, disrespectful. And it's like, we see this a lot of times, like they get very out of character. It's not regular skepticism. It's not regular questioning. There's a difference. The Agent Smith effect is when literally this person becomes like snaps and all of a sudden treats you like you're a completely different person. And all of a sudden they're defending the matrix. They're defending the powers that be. They're defending the power structure. They're defending the monetary system, you know, and all the shit that doesn't serve them that they truly don't have their own opinions about. Right. And they're just doing it as some type of uh, obligation to society that doesn't even give a shit about them. It so, is priceless. Agent Smith. The last time that happened to me was my next door neighbor. I was telling him about, you remember the show, The Last Man on Earth with uh, Will Forte, about the guy that survived, whatever. I never gave it any, I never, I never watched it. It started in the 2016 and ended in 2018. Or maybe it started in 2015 and ended around, whatever, four seasons they ran. And it was all about a virus that wiped out the earth. And people were wearing masks and all this sort of stuff. So I said to him, I'm like, man, if, if people watch that show, um, they would be really afraid when COVID hit because it ended during COVID. But if people had watched that show for four years, they'd be really afraid. And there was a lot of nuances. They used, they dropped a lot of lineage in that show that that was then later brought up in in, in pressers and shit like that for for this. So clearly, that show was was destined initially to to. There was it it lays in the ethos of 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 um, bringing up COVID and Corona. And I said this to him and like for the first time, and this is like a neighbor who's like a father type figure to me. And, and he snapped at me. He's like, you're like, and I just laughed. I just laughed. I'm like, because uh, the person that I thought of was agent Smith. I'm like, he just rolled right in there and stepped on it. So like the agent Smith, as weird as they are, when you see that, you're like, holy shit, like I'm onto something here. Like you do not want this to be out, you know? We're and it's so crazy. The rain. Yeah, it's crazy. And it's usually their own fear. Most of the time, it's their own fear. They don't want to. Re- they don't want to let go of what they believe. You know. You should have seen in this neighborhood, because um, I'm the youngest one in the neighborhoods. You should have seen um, the the people reacting to me when COVID first hit. The people were like masked up. They were this. They 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 bought it hook, line, and sinker, and I never bought it at all. And I was always the crazy one that, you know, they would laugh at it, certain stuff, certain scenarios, but they would listen to the things I had to say. And then, you know, I, I was talking about Trump and this, that, and the other thing. And everybody that hated on him, you hate on Trump all you want, but if you're going to hate on him because of what the news tells you, right, you're not, again, you're not having your own thoughts. So it was pretty interesting to watch the entire neighborhood turn on me at the beginning and like shit on me and, and tell me I'm crazy and like be mean for the most part. 
But then, you know, once COVID started continuing, they're like, wait a minute. So that's another reason why I'm not overly upset with the whole COVID, excuse me, COVID narrative, because it woke up, it mass woke up a lot of people. It did. And it was meant to happen. Like, obviously there is a dark agenda and there's a light agenda and not to be good or bad, yeah. but just like, I, I'm, I assign to the belief that like light is information because it technically is when you look at it scientifically, light is information that is being shown through, you know, this freaking hologram. So light is information. Darkness is the lack of information. So when we look at it in that way, as opposed to good and bad, right and wrong, um, you know, this light agenda was for all of that information to come to the surface and for people to go within to decide what they believe in. And then the dark agenda was to pull anything that was disinformation to them, pull any information, prevent people from sharing it. Anyone who shares it, shadow ban them, stop them. I'm like, that's literally the light and dark agenda is to withhold information or to present new information. Yeah, when you and I were talking um, uh, before we met, uh, it, it was funny. I'm like, yeah, I, I don't have this. I'm not really on that. I don't have a Twitter. You're like, I also don't have a Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Twitter was not- my Twitter got taken yeah. down so long ago. It was before everyone got taken off. So I don't really know what happened there. Yeah. Man. I have a theory though. I have two theories as to what could have happened to my Twitter. One, one of my last tweets was, I don't know, the queen gave a statement about like the evils in the world. And I, I didn't reply to her, but I just tweeted about it and was like, bitch, you are the evils in the world. Have you seen YouTube? And like, then my other thing too, is that uh, Donald Trump Jr. was following me uh, just because, you know, I just post like random funny shit. And um, also, you know, he's friends with one of my exes. So I don't know him personally, but um I also felt it was had to do with that. I I had a feeling that I was like, yo, they probably took down my whole fucking Twitter because he was following me and they couldn't probably, you know, whatever it was. Cause I feel like there was a lot of people that I knew that he was following that all got their accounts taken down at some point. So I don't have a clue what got me. Uh, I do know that I woke up one morning and it said, this account has been suspended and is not, and is not able to be appealed. I'm like, what? Okay. Oh, yours is not able to be appealed. Yeah. Mine, I think, also was hacked because then when I tried to, it just didn't go to my email. It went to a different email. I was like, oh, okay, I guess that's it. But I'm like, yeah. you know what? It's for the best. I probably won't get in trouble for any past tweets. 100%. I don't but want, you know what? Keep it off the internet. That was the thing. That was one of the things that I, I thought of too was like Twitter now that you can come back on and say whatever you want. Like, I think a lot of people, I think this is going to hold, like, people are going to say that's shit. A scam. And it's it's going to be held against yeah. them later. And yeah, think, it's a scam. Yeah. I and all these people, all. all these people who got kicked off running back because Elon is in charge now. I'm like, oh, you guys are probably walking directly into the mousetrap right now. I, okay. So, and this is another one too, like Elon Musk. And, uh, you know, I hope I don't piss off my, uh, my viewership, you know, I don't like him. I think he's funny. I think he's entertaining. I think he is uh, a wolf in sheep's clothing. I think that, I think it's absurd. Same. I think it's absolutely absurd that everyone's like, fuck Bill Gates. We're not going to microchip with your vaccine. And Elon's like, I'm going to stick a microchip in your head. And they're all like, that's kind of cool. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I've, I've, I've had conversations with people that defend that, that, that understand that. And they're like, 
well, um, Elon Musk is like giving you a choice and Bill Gates wasn't. I'm like, well, I mean, I guess I understand that lineage, but at the same time, I, I mean, I, I don't- Well, you did have a choice. It's just whether you wanted to choose to be a part of society or not. You did have a choice. <laughs> yeah, no, that's According it. And I'm, I'm quite content. Like, I, you know, we, there was jokes way back in the day about unvaccinated semen being worth a ton of money. And I laughed. I'm like, I, I don't see, like, I see a future where that's actually true. You know, I see a future where there's a lot of shit that's going to come down from this whole, this whole vaccine thing. And um, I mean, that, I hope not, but it seems like it could. Yeah, I don't want it to. But I mean, if we start noticing, you know, decline in, in human births, then maybe something did take place. But and at the same know, time, we have seen that decline, too. So it's kind of like we have seen the decline already happening just because people don't have kids as much, you know. Um, and there is a lot of other countries, especially obviously feeling it way more than we do, you know, that there's a massive decline in people having children. Well, there's a middle class that's getting wiped out too. And when you don't, when you, when you're not a middle class anymore, that you're an elite or you're poor, you're going to have more kids when you're poor, uh, which is a really weird statement to make and a bold one, but truthfully, statistically too, yeah. it's like the two extremes because doesn't Elon Musk have like nine kids or something now? Well, I mean. Yeah, I think the, you know, the elite. And has Amber Heard's baby, like everyone's not talking about the fact that Amber Heard had Elon's baby through surrogate recently. It's like everyone's talking about. Is that true? I haven't even heard that. It's, it's not that public. It's like, I mean, I'm always, I do all the research of everything. So I, this whole Amber Heard case, I heard these audio like three, four years ago. So I'm always like, even I, I it all i know what's going on with the celebrity gossip on top of all the other stuff people are like oh it's just a distraction i'm like well i'm still gonna know about it <laughs> yeah. i'm still gonna know about all the shit that's going down so amber heard recently had a baby through surrogate because i mean this is the thing to do now and uh it, they're pretty sure that it's elon's baby because they had an embryo that was fertilized together that they were in a legal battle over because elon didn't want it it to be born he wanted to destroy the embryo and she wanted the baby still so i think they came to some type of legal agreement that she would be allowed to have that embryo inserted into someone else and you know i don't know why have a kid if you're going to not have the kid and then put it in someone else and it's uh, like i don't know why you have a kid but well, i think those guys i mean there's there's so much to it i mean it's so weird that you know the the, the elites and all this sort of stuff like the same family that owns youtube owns 23 and me and whatchamacallit it was it vanguard or or somebody i can't remember who it was black not blackrock blackstone blackstone just bought um ancestry.com right so people are just openly handing off their dna to to anybody with their name date of birth uh, you know all their tags yeah i mean i did it a long time ago what i if what i know now i wouldn't have yeah, so you're, um, you're going to run into your clone a little bit later on, more than likely. Well, I'm pretty sure my clone is underground getting tested on. <laughs> well, okay. So now remember remember back, now, speaking of that, remember back in um, in New York during the height of COVID when they brought in the SS Watchman Doohickey? And there was there was all these statements about these massive amounts of uh, bodies being pulled out of the thing and they and they were being like moved and shit like that. I didn't um, hear about that. So this whole thing... And people are like, no, it's not real. It's not real. Nah, nah, nah. And I said, it is real. Like, I've seen this. And when I, what I mean by I've seen it, like I've seen videos of it, of, of like dump trucks filled with human bodies. 
And they were saying this was COVID related deaths, which was fake, but they were coming, the dump trucks were coming out of construction sites. And it's been known that quote unquote, hollow earth, the underground that you're talking about, not hollow earth, but underground, because again, the Tartarian mud floods and all that sort of stuff. Like we're sitting in a spot where, where uh, there's an entire civilization underneath us. And that's becoming more and more clear, but, but the access to these things, these these bodies were coming out in droves or maybe not bodies but certainly body bags filled with something were coming out in droves and getting getting placed on that boat that boat that didn't help anybody in the harbor yada 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 this is the weirdest thing anyway that was talking about underground so it's very much like the jordan peele movie i think a lot of people didn't understand that movie when they saw it i loved it yeah i loved it it Um, there's two of them there's us and them there's two of them now us i think is them the show i think us might be the show i think them was the movie (laughs) i think us was the movie and they that's what's been happening and they don't really blatantly explain it which is why i think a lot of people didn't enjoy it because people don't like movies that they have to add things up themselves but yeah like if it's not completely in the finale completely placed out for you the whole thing people leave the theater feeling like they got robbed so um instead of just realizing what it was about and i mean even there's just a lot of things there's the white rabbit down there and it's like it's like an old like 70s facility where the testing is going on which is like when this stuff started there's also people who used to work for the secret space program that say that they do these testings underground to test different viruses, different things, and they do dry runs on clones and kidnapped people. Mm-hmm. And I do believe that. I do believe that there is ancestry.com to get the DNA. I'm sure they get it from the babies in the hospitals right when they're born, of course. You know. Um, also, I mean, obviously it was probably happening with the testing too, with the PCR test, because they did admit that there was studies done on at least 10% of the people's DNA. Madness. Madness. But at this point, it's like, I mean, what I know now, I wouldn't have given my DNA. Mm -hmm. Um, At this point, it's like, whatever, you know, they already, it already is. I don't have any fear around it. It's like, what are they going to do? You know? Yeah. it's Well, I mean, there's, there was, with with regards to what am I going to do? Like, you know, there's so much that, you know, I used to do back in the day with regards to technology and like I would turn off all my GPS. I would have geotag off. I would everything. I knew all about all the little tricks. I turned them all off. And then one day I got an email from Google that said, would you like to know where you've been over the past year? And it's like, you spent this amount of time in this town. You spent here, you drove here. You, this is where you went and you were in Arn prior. You were in Ottawa. You were in Kingston. Uh, you know, how was your stay here? I was, I'm looking at this going, I did everything I could to prevent this from happening. At which point I just said, I just said, screw it. I said, uh, whatever. Yeah. And then I, I, and then I plugged my Alexa in and I've just been whatever since, you know? So now Alexa, I don't do, but, um, as far as that stuff, I have some friends who are like, Oh, send it to me on signal. I'm like, dude, no. there's nothing no. encrypted. It's, it doesn't matter. I'm like, I've been talking about this shit for like 10 years. I'm probably, they probably already know. They well, already I, know where I am. Well, one of the interesting things that, that, you know, that I noticed about you is you're using a Bluetooth headset. So um, that's, again, partially why the crackle's down, but I think we got it taken care of. But um, the Bluetooth, uh, you're wearing Beats as well, and that is a neural 
uh, Bluetooth. So standard Bluetooth back in the day used to go to a receiver and then travel to the ears. And then, so like a Sony, for example, Sony went in and they had a one ear, one ear and mm -hmm. beats everything by Dr. Dre goes to one ear and then through your skull to the other ear. That's how the sound comes up. Wow. So you're sitting there and I don't know the damages of Bluetooth. I don't know any of that sort of stuff, but you're sitting there at this moment in time with a microwave passing through your skull. Crazy. And I was like, you know, I thought about that for a long time and I was like, do I want this? Do I care? Like, is this technology? I'm like, it is really convenient. Right. Am I going to, I'm, I'm, I'm 40 years old now. Am I going to get a brain tumor if I listen to my earphones for 10 minutes? If you think about it. Yeah. That's the thing too, is that yeah. because we create our own, our own reality, we create our own illness. We create sickness yeah. through our thoughts, emotions, words, and actions. Yeah. And you know, these were a gift. I actually normally don't do that. Uh, my ex wanted to buy uh, the like little phone ones, the little, I forget what they're called. Earbuds? Yeah, let, the ones that everyone has now. I was very against that because I'm like, they're inside your ear. They're too comfortable. You're going to keep them on all day. Mm -hmm. Whereas these, these are pretty, they kind of squish your ear. So I can't leave them on too long. Um, and I mean, I don't really use headphones that much because I live alone. I don't really have a reason to. Um, it's just the sound probably wouldn't be good on my uh, laptop. But, you know, I'm like, with that stuff, I was like, I didn't want my ex to get the Apple ones because I'm like, you're going to leave them in your ear all day. Yeah. But overall, if you believe something is bad for you, yeah. it has worse effects because look at people like Keith Richards, who basically got to do drugs and drink until he was like 80 years old. Really and was fine. He's, he's probably doing them right now. Still doing it. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, he never has to stop. You have Ozzy who like 70 before he got clean like you have all these people who are totally fucking fine because they don't believe which is why sometimes you know you have people that are 100 years old that smoke cigarettes that never got lung cancer yeah then you have people who do a little bit of something that they genuinely think is bad and they did it anyway and will literally get all the sickness from it and that could, i believe the same thing with emf so i do have like organ because i i used to make it so i have like a ton of them on my window just because you know they're like art also i don't um i considered selling them and then i did i went under hypnosis and that was one of the questions i wanted to ask i was like well i don't want to sell something that doesn't work or isn't real i just wouldn't feel good about that even if i believe in it i want to know what it does and so can that see, was my question can i see one see one yeah sure yeah. Here. this is ladies and gentlemen this is one of those things that's always fascinated me and i've never bought one but she says she's making them so i'm going to take a quick look here i want yeah, to i've this. made a bunch let's see i mean i like the the pyramid and how do you I feel like about hanging plants <laughs> i have a lot of plants <laughs> so you know i mean i make some different these are like kind of you know the bottoms of them you put spirals inside there's like I love that. Would you sell that to me, the green one? I can send it to you. Sell it to me. Sell it. Make a penny. Um. So. I love that. That's gorgeous, I, by the way. Thank you. Um. I made them. They they were fun for me to make. Um. But I wanted to know: Do these things actually work? Do they do what they say? So of course you have to ask your higher self because who has the answer um so under hypnosis that was one of the questions i wanted the hypnotist to ask and the answer that i got 
which is just from the Dolores Cannon style of hypnosis, where you basically can ask questions of your higher self. And they said that basically they work if you believe they work, yeah. but you don't need them for it to work. If you believe that you are protected from EMF and that your frequency is not going to be penetrated by any EMF, yeah. won't. But you have to, it's not like a belief that you could just trick yourself into because then we also have the unconscious version of manifestation, which is even more powerful than your constant, your, your conscious version of manifestation, conscious mind. So you need to genuinely believe on a deep level that like, I am able to protect myself by just my thoughts, words, emotions, and actions. And so basically that was the answer that I got was like, you could make them and sell them you don't need to. And they said, you know, if you want to be the issue that you're having of being genuine of whether it fully works, they're like, if you do want to sell them, then you basically could sell it with a note that says like, this is really just a tool to help focus your mind and that you don't need this tool to do it. So, <laughs> you know, would be the most honest way to do that. So I, I think which I never ended up doing. I really like that. And that's kind of what I was thinking when you were saying that I really like that because first off the pyramid is really cool. Right. And the amount of work that goes into it and like what you did is cool. Green to me is one of my favorite colors. So it would be a symbology of something that I like. So, I mean, yes, I really want that piece. And I'm happy to pay for it. Um, but but for you, if you have fun creating them, there's a world of people out there that do need them. Right. And it's true. And if it's a gateway for them to understand more about themselves mm. and an opportunity for you to sell them a gateway with a little bit of information and a nudge. I, I think that if you enjoy making them, I think that you should sell them. And those ones, they sell for like 25 to 50 bucks um, yeah. or, more, or more. So like, I don't know how much it went into, you know, what went into making It's them. hard to say because, you know, it's hard to say because, you know, you have to buy so many materials and yeah. then you end up making a bunch. It's hard. I didn't do any type of math, but um, yeah, okay. I like that. Maybe I'll consider going back and making them and because I made a bunch, and then after that, I kind of just left them all on my windowsill. Well, now you're super healthy. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so now, here we are. Two hours and ten minutes into this. I want to hear about your alien experience. I want to hear about okay. the, the were you abducted? Did they put something in your bum? Why does something always go in the bum? <laughs> what, what, what's going on with the aliens? Okay, as far as the, the bum thing, uh, part of the reason I think that's narrative is because there's also alien abductions that happen from the government with reverse alien technology. So a large portion of abductions are not aliens. A large portion of abductions are misinformation from the government to mimic this. And they do it in all different places around the world. They don't just do it in America. They will do that exact same abduction in Africa, in Asia, different countries so that everyone has the story of what happens in abduction. Um, but that's not the same thing as the real abductions. Um, as far as abductions, you know, allegedly there's only a couple of races of aliens that do that because it's breaking certain rules. Other things that I've heard is that will get your free will consent from a future version of yourself. You completely broke so, up there. something will get your free will consent. What happened? So grays, in order to get your free will consent, which you're not going to just go of the time, 
um, they will ask a future incarnation itself. So they'll literally ask your future life in a thousand years, is it okay if we abduct you in the year 1993 um, in a different past life so you can get the free will so they're not breaking the laws of free will even though you and your current free will are not saying yes. So they're very tricky. Um, with my experience, uh, I have a whole YouTube video about it. It's a bit drawn out, but I'll give you the very abridged version. Is well, yeah, that, well, like, I also want the link to that so we can send people over there. Okay, I'll send it. So basically, it was a UFO experience. Um, I was in the backyard at my dad's house with all of my siblings and my step-siblings. There was like seven of us. I was on the younger end. I was five. And then mm, the oldest was 14. And it was mostly um, 11, 12, 14, majority. Um, other were the younger ones. So basically it's like this white dove flew over all of the siblings, except for me and my brother, because we were in a different part of the backyard at that point. A white dove at 11 o'clock at night in the hood flies over my sisters. And basically they all start freaking out and we're like, oh my God, we're going to wait for it to come back. And they're like, you're never going to see it. It's never going to come back. So we sit down and we're like, okay, we're going to wait for it to come back. So we're all sitting there together and we heard this sound, which sounded like basically like a bat. Like, you know, when you swing a bat, it's like that, but like insanely loud everywhere. And so we heard it and it sounded like it was like echoing off of like the buildings. And then like we look up and it was a dot, which it was one second, a sound, a dot, and then a full ship hovering over the shed of the next door neighbor. So they had this large shed in their backyard and it was almost like using it as like a hover, like it was like kind of like bouncing on top of it, like using that as like keeping it stationary. It was just weird. And then, I mean, the ship itself was not what I expected. I mean, usually you would think it was more futuristic looking. It didn't look super futury. It kind of looked clunky and, you know, not the way that I would normally draw one. So like an intergalactic hoopty. Exactly. It was like, exactly. you were in the like hood, a, you were in Jersey, right? So yeah, maybe you didn't want to bring exactly. his good one out to Jersey. <laughs> exactly. You're going to steal so, our space caps. So it was like the, it looked like the top and the bottom were like stationary and the middle part was spinning. And there was, so we basically, this happens in like one second, this all comes down. And then I remember the dog was barking at it. So the dog got in front of us and was barking and she was scared. Her tail was between her legs. And she was like in front of the kids though, barking. And I just remember like the lights. And I remember like her show from the light of like making her shadow really long, the dog's shadow. And then the next thing that we remember was we were all in a line, standing in a line. And then right from that point after the line, we all kind of like unfroze and screamed and started running back to the house. So um, I had never, you know, got more information until the last couple of years. When I went under hypnosis, I wanted to ask what happened. I wanted to see if I could um, re 
experience the, the, the what actually happened that day. Um, and I've always been into aliens since I was actually even into them before that. You know, we were all, my family was all very into aliens before this even happened. You were into aliens before five years old? Yeah. We were big, like, I mean, my family is also, there's a lot of, like, black magic and stuff in there. So, like, we were exposed to, like, a lot of different. You're an interesting lady. <laughs> so, yeah, I went, went under hypnosis to um, find out what happened. And basically, they told me that it was not time for me to know what happened. Um, the hypnotist kept trying to, like, ask the question in different ways and get around it. He was like, okay, well can I have a word to describe what happened? Like, can you just, so he like trying to work around. So one of the things that came through was the word exchange, um, but they, it wasn't connected to anything. And then I got this like story in my head that actually it's from a book that I read, but it was interesting that it was like this whole story from this book was like in my head and I couldn't like verbalize it under hypnosis because it was like the whole story of this whole thing I've already read. And it was about these two little girls who went missing when they were seven and they were only gone for a couple hours, but like, obviously this family was horrified by it and um, no one ever knew what happened. So she went under hypnosis, wanted to find out what happened when she went missing her and her twin sister. And basically they said that she was the soul that originally chose to come into that little girl's body didn't want to do it anymore. So she figured that the family was too fucked up. It was too traumatic. She didn't want to continue in that life contract that she signed up for. So basically there was like another part of her contract, which is if she did need to leave because she had an important life, that an alien soul would come into the body and basically play out the rest of the life for her and finish her karma and everything on her behalf. And she gets to go back to the other side. So it was interesting. So then this whole story is like in my head as he's like trying to ask these questions of what happened. I don't know if that was like relevant to what happened. They said the word exchange. And then they said that basically the reason that this happened and I remembered it because obviously many people are abducted and different things and have absolutely no recollection of anything, not even seeing a ship. They said it was important for that to happen to me because um, I was going to be a validator for other people who have had alien experiences, who are aliens living on earth, you know, who all of these different things, which basically did end up being what is happening now is, you know, now I'm like validating other people's experiences. As we speak. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's fascinating. That is, that, that's, that, that's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. I, I mean, shit, we're, we're two hours, two hours, 20 minutes into this and I could go on for another two hours. Um, I know. Talk, so talk, talking to you is a lot of fun. Uh, I have a feeling you and I are going to become fast friends and I would love to have you back on the show. Yeah, let's do it again. Let me know. Good, good, good. Um, I mean, I mean, I, it's just one of those things where it's like really hard to sign off on because I mean, there's so many other things that we can talk about. Um, time is just limited. And uh, let's see if anyone like uh, for the next one, if people want to ask questions based off of this to make sure that we get to in the next one, because I feel like there's so many ideas that popped up that people probably want to hear the rest about. Yeah. And we went on for like two hours and we were like, we were, you were, we were just skipping off topic, topic, topic. Like we could dive into each and every one of these things, the whole series of them. Um, but yeah, we definitely got to get, uh, we definitely got to get you back on. I, I mean, 
Uh, it's just, it's been great. It's been a lot of fun. Um, it has. I'm glad we did this. Absolutely. Randy Spencer, thank you very much for the introduction. Yeah, thanks, Randy. That's good. Mighty good of you. Um, is there anything that you wanted to sign off on? And again, ladies and gentlemen, uh, everything that we talked about, for the most part, uh, the links will be in the description. Um, and uh, everything that we I said I would put there will hopefully be there. Uh, if not, shoot us an email, info at the Mental Mastery Alliance, and we'll get that out to you. But her stuff will be there, so you'll be able to follow her um, everywhere. And she is entertaining as shit. Uh, is there anything you wanted to say? No, thanks so much. This was great. Thanks for inviting me on. Absolutely, my pleasure. Um, and ladies and gentlemen, yes, absolutely. And ladies and gentlemen, in the infamous words of Red Green, keep your stick on the ice. Thank you for listening to today's Mental Mastery Alliance podcast. Let the team know you're listening by using the hashtag MMA and Mental Mastery Alliance. Want more motivation? Be sure to follow online on Instagram at Mental Mastery Alliance and on Facebook at Mental Mastery Alliance. And remember, your perception creates your reality. Make it a great day. You got it, Pontiac.